Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, trending topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life, former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Danny LaRue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is the return of one of the oldest Real GM Radio traditions, over-unders with Arturo Galetti, Sports Grid Data Science, and as usual, it is a sufficiently long podcast that we need to split it into two. Each section will be about two hours as a podcast, and we're going to start with the Eastern Conference, a lot of really interesting discussions, some real disagreements here, and... Two notes before we get started. One, this is an unusual podcast that has timestamps. Timestamps are a pain for me to do because you have to, how you edit the episode is very different and how you put things together. Um, but for these, it's important enough to, to make that happen. And then the other one is there was a fan on in the background, um, during the recording. I tried to get it out with a noise reducer. I actually went really aggressive on it the most I ever have. So it's possible some words are missed. Basically, I went, I went really hard after it. If you have problems on on that end of it, please let me know, uh, DM, email, I'll say my email, of course, at the end, like I always do, and and I'll release a different version of it, but I, when I listened to different sections of it, I thought it sounded best to this way, so that's why I did it. So, that's enough of a preamble, um, now we can get to Arturo, and it's so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure to be on, Danny. And anything you want to walk through with listeners before we get into this? Uh, any like kind of stats we're going to mention or anything that you think provide a little bit of that having a little background would be useful? Yes, I think that same as last year, we're going to use Darko. That's uh, cost us met this model F uh, K met this. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really nice model. I like it. Uh, I mean, I, I generally use a combination of that and uh, my own statistical model. The part I like about uh, Costas model is it's it's got the regression built in and it accounts for on-off performance on the court. So to use a random player as an example, very random, DeMar DeRozan, um, 
Darko does not like DeMar DeRozan because Darko sees that DeMar DeRozan's teams tend to always play better when he's not on the court, right? So that is indicative of there's something that he does that affects kind of the performance of his team beyond the baseline stats that he contributes, right? So, because, I mean, this is a team sport and there are other aspects other than, like, the statistical kind of box score. Well, you know, sometimes the player can be a construction legend. That's kind of what shows up. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit kind of, like, as we go along, uh, and I was mentioning this to Danny, we added a little bit of, like, historical records. Now there's data going back 19 years and over-unders. So we have that. So we'll mention, like, that some teams are very public. And when I say it's very public, that means generally the line, the, line, the books are going to set the line high because they know that the fans will come in higher than that number, which means the advantage is to go low, go under. And there are teams that are the opposite of public and generally are under bet and under price, like, for example, the Mountain Teams in Denver and Utah, which generally in Denver and Utah do very well on overs because people don't really mentally account for the fact that they play at a mile high. Um, and, and there's other little things, like there's other little teams that are like that. Uh, we'll mention things about teams with a lot of rookies. Uh, I think that's kind of important because generally performance on rookies means the floor in your team is much lower. You don't know how bad a rookie's going to be. Hello, James Wiseman. Um, and I think that the other thing that we'll mention, although I think the effect on this is a little muted, but you can disagree with me on this, which is like uh, future drafts, right? Do, does the team own... Like, if we're getting on a, in a, in a, in a, in a twitchy situation, is there likely that this team will not play as hard close to the end of the season? I do think the draft rules uh, that they changed about two years ago have really kind of impacted us. They and have, yeah. Teams are not – teams are really don't have the incentive to tank as hard as they used. So I think the other thing that's actually, like, been really good is the play. So I do think tweaks they've made to the rules make checking um, – like the draft order, like whether or not they're on the draft picks, less uh, impactful than this. I think that I think the thing that is kind of impactful is that teams will do the Oklahoma, which what Oklahoma City did last year, which is like they just turned over the team to a bunch of young guys because they want to see which of these, you know, they they turn over, they get a lot of draft picks, and want to see which of these young guys actually can play, right? So you're more concerned about reps than actually like winning the game. And in those cases, well, you know, that team's going to kind of underperform because really they're treating it as more of a scrimmage than an actual game, right? Um, but I think I think we'll cover that as we go along. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we'll talk about uh, Dark Oaks, the model we're going to be using, uh, plus our picks. Uh, we'll talk about uh, for each uh, team, we'll have a overline and an underline. What that means is sometimes books will, like one book will set a higher over or like a lower under, right? So you always want to take like for for over, you want to take the lowest over. For under, you want to take the highest under, right? It's, it's free money. It's basically it's free wins. So it's basically want to take that free margin. Um, and then we'll either talk about so we'll, it, for each one of these teams, we'll make a call whether we want over under and whether we're going to play or fade, it, right? So like in some cases, we'll look at it and go like, well, I think I'm gonna, I think this team is going to go over, but I wouldn't touch with a ten pole. I can think of a couple situations, Toronto, <clears throat> where 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 I think we're going to have a bit of a confusion as to what the final look of the team is going to be like, you know, in December. And I think that's important as we go along. Anything you want to mention, Dave? Well, so I'll mention that we're shifting back from a 72 game season to an 82 game season. Yes. 
And so that, that'll lead to some, some crossover stuff. But I believe the last year wins that we're going to be using is translated into 82 games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think one thing that's kind of important for that is also that like, uh, like 80, 90% of last year was played with the home court. Yes. Which made, which made for some really weird, like basically margins were basically the same across whether we were playing at home and on the road and really kind of what really happened. Like, so you had all these blowouts, the home teams getting blown out at, on, at home and it's because of the lack of that. I think that actually is going to help. There's some teams that are going to be helped by this. Again, Mountain Team. Uh, teams with good home court. And there is really some very interesting scheduling effects uh, that are coming going to come into play. Like, the Atlantic. The Atlantic is going to be a big deal this year. Like, in the sense that, like, like anybody who's playing an Atlantic schedule is getting uh, a significant penalty against the rest of the Right? Yeah, we'll because even, even though you don't play that much more against your own division, if every team in your own division is good, then it makes it more difficult. Because, you know, yeah. it's... And, and so that's, it's a challenge. The other thing that I'll, I'll mention a lot, um, there are a couple different stats that I find particularly interesting. So one is I like to use clean the glasses net rating because that is, um, that filters out garbage time, which is less predictive than, than, you know, so if you add it in. And so sometimes I'll talk about like the expected 82 game wins the pre prior years. So like a team that really changes it, like oh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are an extreme example of this or on one end of it. And then I think the Raptors are an extreme on the other end of it. Of, like whether you, cause sometimes how many wins you had is, is useful, but how many wins you should have had, you know, cause cl- generally clutch performance balances over the years. So that's something I look at. And then another one that I've been, become really interested in is opponent three point shooting percentage. And so the reason there is because generally opponents can, teams can control the volume of opponent threes, but they have much less control over whether they actually go in or not. So if a team is on the extreme one year or the other, then that will change how their offense and de- mostly their defense look for that year. So like, for example, Knicks opponents couldn't make a three to save their lives last year, made the Knicks defense as good as it was anyway, made it look better. Whereas Minnesota, Milwaukee actually gave up, a t- Milwaukee in particular gave up a ton of threes and teams made them, which is not necessarily predictive. This is, this is an ongoing argument for me, I think, because I do think that, so there is a way for you to control or at least impact uh, a three point, three point shooting in the sense that like, I mean, if you're willing to press up to the line, which we see a lot in the playoffs and better teams, then you're, yeah, you're surrendering like mid range shots and it, like, and, and, and stuff going through the basket. But if you're aggressive on that in the short term during the season, teams typically don't adjust for it. So like you can actually see it. So like basically what I'm saying is like, if you're the Knicks and you're sitting on the line more often, like willing to like bump there, with the when they're standing, the teams are not smart enough to adjust to that in the short term. There is some effect you can have on that over a regular season. It gets really dicey when you get into the playoffs. It's kind of one of these mirage effects. So like if you have a series, the team will adjust to it within the first game, right? So that's kind of uh, where I said there. I mean, there's a little bit. It, it, it is an interesting kind of uh, dichotomy. It's um, I think at this point, most teams their performance um, uh, is basically kind of adjusted uh, to the. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that both teams basically offensively go to the same uh, kind of offensive philosophy now that they, you know, a couple of years back it wasn't the case. The Rockets, for example, were taking many more trees than everybody else, but like, I think at this point the league is not basically caught up. Yeah, it's it's balanced out a little bit more. So yeah, I think that's I think that's an interesting an interesting little thing to 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 kind of consider. So as is tradition for us, we start with the Eastern Conference and we go bottom to top in each conference. 
and we do it not in terms of how many games the teams won last year in the 2020-21 season, but in terms of the over-unders that we are talking about for the coming season. And that's a better way to do it because obviously there are teams that have shifted dramatically in one direction or the other. Maybe that's because of personnel or something else. So that means that we start with the Orlando Magic. The Magic, if you translate it, they won roughly 24 games last year. They continued the youth movement of sorts where they, you know, continue to continue to move some of their guys. But also remember last year, they had a lot of their vets for the first half of the year. Fournier missed time, but they had him and they had Vooch, you know, for a portion of last year. They had Aaron Gordon for a portion of last year. So if you want to go over on the Magic, you're saying they're going to win 22 or more games. And if you're going under on the Magic, you're saying they're going to win 23 or fewer. Did, that, did, the, did the Magic change their coach? Yes, they did. Uh, Steve, Steve Clifford is gone. Jamal Mosley is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation for Orlando. I mean, I kind of like Clifford. I mean, I think he got a fair shake. I think the problem was, I mean, one, they blew it up. Two, they had a bunch of injuries, right? So uh, even now, I mean, Isaacs is probably their best guy, but how much of Isaacs are they going to get this year, right? So it's kind of like... Um, and then, you know, you've got Fultz who's also hurt, and you've got a bunch of guys. So really is, it is kind of a roster that, you know, it, it's a bit of a mixed mag. A lot of rookie numbers on, uh, uh, numbers on this one. Um, I mean, I see the argument for the under. Uh, weirdly, the East is tough this year. Uh, and when I say weirdly, historically the East is not, there's reasons for it, but it's not as tough as the West. And this year's not the case. This year, like, the, the East is very top heavy, plus that, I mean, that conference in itself isn't that rough, but they really are, they really are the West team, the worst team in the Southeast, right? And, you know, for betting the under, we're talking about, what, 23 and a half, which is a little under what they did last year. Book is gone. Gordon is gone. Uh, no, no Fournier. Like, basically, we, you know, part of the minute for like, you know, partial minutes for Fry Sacks. We don't know what Fultz is going to be. I mean, I think the new coach, I mean, I, I think they're going to play hard, but I think it's ultimately under. I, I think it's an under as well. And for me, so this is, uh, you know, a, a 23 wins is that's that's tough for, uh, you know, that that's a pretty low bar. For example, even if you use the expected 82 wins for last year, so that's clean the glasses version where you do that, that would be, they'd be one of the four worst teams in the league. And But they're, but they're worse than last year. Their best players, I mean, they don't have, again, no Vuk, no Gordon, no, no, like. Well, and, and not only, and not only that, but the other part of it that's, that's huge for them is the, you know, I, I think a lot about the organizational move and it's like, so are they going to try to push? And I don't think they are. I think it's more important to see what they can get from Jay Jalen Suggs to see what's what they can get from all of their different kind of young guys. And also some of the other vets that are on this team could be gone. We'll see what happens with Terrence Ross and some of the other stuff. So I'm I'm an under so like I think there's a, an argument for the under fade um because this is a lot of games to lose is one way to put it like it's it's it's, it's a low bar to, to cross but I'm going to be an underplay just because I think everything's pulling in the same direction and I also think that their their talent might actually get worse from here and even though some of them might have bright futures they don't necessarily have the brightest presence man th- this is such a tur- this is such a turnaround because you're under you're under I mean this team all this team tends to go under historically too so it's Probably not a bad one. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, like Clifford, part of why I liked him, I mean, why I think he's a good coach, is that he raises the defensive floor of teams. And mostly, I mean, we don't know what he is as a head coach because he hasn't been a head coach. He's been an assistant and a, a pretty well-regarded one. But, like, is he going to raise the floor of this defense like they have? And you brought up Isaac, like Isaac and Fultz. How much are they actually going to play? And my theory is that Mosley and the front office are going to be extremely cautious 
with those guys, both coming off maybe, significant maybe, injuries. Maybe they, take, maybe they just take the year off functionally. Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily that extreme, but the idea that if they're maybe if they if they're going to miss two games, they'll actually miss three. You know, like that sort of an idea where you you you'd get an extra. And so for the Magic, they're not they're they're deep in terms of like potential players, but they're not deep in terms of like functional like depth. So yeah, I, I'm I'm under play. Um, I'm not. They hold all their picks, basic too. Yeah, they do. Um, and so I I think that it's it's not an easy play call. This is actually I would say one of the harder ones for me on the board in terms of that. But like I mean, I would, yeah. To be perfectly honest, I would rather instead of doing play, I would rather go under fade and then think about maybe uh, taking Suggs rookie of the year. Yeah. So Suggs rookie of the year odds. Um, can, uh, can you translate this to me? So if it's, um, uh, plus that, 750. Okay, plus 750. So that me, um, that's not bad. Um, yeah, I'm looking at going like, do, would I, what, what's more fun? I mean, if I'm going on the under, basically I'm assuming that like this team is just like the only guy who's getting like, like real run and who's, uh, like doing everything for this team is going to be sucks. Well, and generally speaking, rookie of the year, cause remember we're predicting who's going to win it, not who's going to deserve it, is about counting oh, yeah. stats and Jalen Suggs is probably Probably going to have a green light now. I think Jalen Green is going to have a greener light just because of the, the, where Houston is and his role within the offense. But well, yeah, but Houston Houston has a bunch of guys. Has a bunch of like they have a bunch of mouths. Yeah, they, they, they do. Like, they do. Like, um, and and Orlando like they have some of their guys are more defensive players than offensive. Like Isaac, like Isaac's a good player, but you're not going to like feed him in the same way that you are some other guys. So yeah, I think seven. If you're a Wizards or sorry, not a Wizards. If you're a Magic optimist, I would rather bet Suggs. Seven and well, seven, no, I'm, seven plus I'm, seven fifty. I'm a magic. I'm a magic pessimist. Is what I'm saying. Like if you yeah. if you're betting, it, it, rather than take, I, I, I'm going under fade. But I'm saying like rather than than like take play the under, I would rather play Suggs at plus seven fifty to win rookie of the year because he's clearly the man. He's he's basically clearly the man in a garbage time scenario, right? So he's yeah. he's like we like we like it him being like he, he's the clear number one for this team, and this team is just going to be full of garbage time, right? And and we'll talk about like the class I mean it, it, this class is interesting because I, I was looking I, I'm looking for someone this doesn't really have a Lomelo kind of deal like it did last year where, like you're like yeah you know, people who do we knew the Lomelo was going to be kind of good but I think that in this particular scenario you need somebody who is a counting stats and I think Suggs 750 is interesting and good yeah Suggs 50 is more to me is more fun than betting uh, better better than taking the other because I could, it's the Southeast. I could totally see them winning, like, I could totally see them, see them winning 25 games in the Southeast, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's where, that's where I'm at on the other. Like, even though they're a mess, like, there's enough of a mess around them that I think they could probably stumble into 25 points. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay. uh, as we go along. Yeah, so I, I think we can, I think we can adjust, or we can jump to the Detroit Pistons. So the Pistons last year, they won uh, about 23 games if we adjusted to 82 games. But one of the big stories, this is why I use Cleaning Glass Net Rating, is that they really underperformed their point differential. They actually, like, they had the point differential of a 20, of a 29 win team. And so, like, they, they were way worse than that. And they, in terms of, like, health and injuries, Jeremy Grant missed some time, Plumley missed some time, um, they, but the, the thing that weighs against it the other way, is they're going to be playing not only just rookies, but they're going to be playing young guys a whole lot. If we, if because if you add in Killian Hayes, who I think is going to get significant minutes, of course, Cade Cunningham. So they're at fourteen percent of their minutes are going to go to rookies right now for the administration that we have, which would put them in the top. 
Uh, it's not top five. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's top five. Yeah. Top five in the league in terms of like rookie minutes. And, and, and again, understand people, it doesn't mean that we think the rookie is going to be bad long term. We think it's just like the first year of the league. It takes a while for you to catch up to speed. But right? if, but so if you, but if you want to go over for the Pistons, then you, you, you're saying they're going to win 24 or more. And if you want to go under, it's 25 or fewer. So like, that's a pretty low number. Um, and they're, this team is going to, this team is going to try though. This team is going to try. They, they are at least in the beginning. Now I, I my general thought is always that gravity is going to bring teams down. Like, even though having the fifth worst record is not as much better as, you know, the eighth worst or whatever than it used to be, it still is better. Like, you know, your odds are better. And that's kind of the other part with this gravity is that... You think they're going to have a shot at Penn State? Yes. I think, I think at least in the early going they will. I, it, I think it's going to be health, like maybe if they have some injuries or anything like that. But I think they're, the challenge, like what's surprising to me about it, I mean, Dwayne Casey's teams, I think generally defend pretty well in the regular season. Like they were 18th in defense last year. They were the only team that was in kind of the bottom part of the league that was top 10 or was not bottom 10 in any, in either offense or defense, which I think is really interesting. And when you think about their talent compared to some of these areas, like Jeremy Grant, I mean, he's, he's a very good player. He presumably, like, they kept him on the team for a reason. Like, yeah, maybe they could move him at the deadline, but it seems like he wants to be there. He chose to be there recently. So I think this is going to be an over. What cautions me a little bit, and I'm still torn. I'm going to listen to what you have to say in terms of whether I'm play or fade here. I think they're a better team than this. Um, and I think they're a meaningfully better team than this. And here's the interesting part of it is that I could see them, you know, putting, putting on the break late in the season and still getting to 24. Like 24 is not a lot of wins. It's, it's not like, it's not insanely, like insanely low, like 18 or something like that, but it's also not high. Are they the second worst team in the East? Uh, I, I think they're the, I think they're the third worst team in the East, personally. You think they're better than Cleveland, right? I do. Now that they, now that Cleveland traded Larry Gantz, I think they're, I think they're better than Cleveland. Who are they better at? They're just, are, do you think they're better than Houston? Game to game, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston finished with a better record. Like, I think that's a, like, that's I think a Houston, I think Houston is really, we're gonna talk about them, but I think Houston is probably like, in terms of athletic ability, they're more, they're, they're, they're better athletically than, than Detroit. They're probably more of a mess because of the experience, but they're better athletically. Like, one thing that's impressed me about that Houston team when I've seen it's like that. They, they, they've got some athletes on it. Um, it's a mess though, but like, they're better than Oklahoma City. So, I mean, Oklahoma City probably has the better player, but I think overall they're better than Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, and also, like, you think of some of the structural elements, like, they have a coach who generally is more of a build rather than a rebuild, you know, like, he usually kind of pushes. And also, like, they have some young guys who can play, you know, yeah, they're going to be relying a lot on Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart and some of these other guys, but like, they have a pretty good overall talent level. Um, like, they can, they're, like, one of the ways to think about this is, like, how many minutes are you going to be giving to absolute, you know, like, scrubs? So, and in, in raw, in raw terms, we're saying, do we think this team is a win better than they were last year? I think so. I also think, like, Cade, Cade is not going to be, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire his rookie year, but he plays defense pretty well. I mean, I, I'm become a believer in his jump shot. So, I, I think that he will be better than most high-level rookies because his floor is higher because he actually tries on defense. And he can, yeah, the situation with Cade is like, and, and, and is that Cade was better than his team, and Cade was really better than Dallas around him at the previous level. Now, and what I mean by that is like, so there was a lot of like wasted motion, wasted action in terms of things that, you know, he could do that his team just couldn't help. Like he, as he would make a move on. Um, he, but talent, like if you watch him long enough on film, like, so like his, his talent was better than his stats. Um, uh, 
God, I'm really uncomfortable, like, taking the, I mean, although historically, like, I'm looking at it, Dwayne Casey teams go, I've gone over 73% of the time, yeah. right? I, I, I'm, but, I, I'm, I'm overplayed. But, but, but here's the thing, like, the reason I'm kind of countering that is, like, basically Kyle Lowry, like, every, anything with Kyle Lowry basically goes over. <laughs> so, no, it's like, eight, I think that the Raptors are 8-1 and one with Kyle Lowry over, and then, like, without Kyle Lowry, they're, like, 1-9, right, over the last 19 years. So, it's like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm over, but I don't know if I want to play this, right? Um, I, I think, I think we're going to have the same dynamic as before we pick the same thing i play it you fade it but don't worry i'm gonna have a lot of fades later i'm just i'm putting them in now no I, I you know what i, I think it's over i think it's, I'm, I'm willing to go over play on this and even though it's gonna be tight and probably yeah tight. it's I, I think we're gonna be sitting there and they're gonna have 23 wins in the last week of the season we're just gonna yeah. be like son of a bitch so i'm gonna go over play and and the reason i'm gonna over play is i do think this team is very much of the mindset that they want to this is a team that wants to win right so well, they, and, i think that they they want to get to, like, to them, getting to 29 wins or something like that would be significant. They're going to try to get there, and they're going to try to compete for the they, – they, they want to play. Right, like, uh, one, so of, one, of that, the, one of the good proxies that you and I have used over the years, and usually we talk about this with better teams, is could you see a way that they win five more games than their projection? Because if you can't, then it's probably, you know, like, then you're betting on maybe an outlier outcome. Could I see the Pistons winning yes. 28, 29 games? Absolutely. Like, I could I, see, I could see the – I could see the Pistons winning 35 games if like Kate is 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 yeah and also like drop. yeah like, like here here's the other part of it they have Killian Hayes I don't love Killian Hayes but if he's not playing well they don't like they already have Kate they don't need to go they don't need if to give him legacy minutes plays like plays plays like his film not his numbers right because he has better talent around him then yeah I could see him win 35 games because he will be like well Kate if Kate looks like the best player on the court like 70 percent of the nights, then yeah, they can see him winning 35 games. Hey, if like, he wins, if he's the best player on the court 50% or 40%, they're winning a bunch of games. Like that, that, I mean, if Cade's that, then you're sitting in really good territory. Remember, he's played with Jeremy Grant and a couple other guys. Um, yeah. the other, the other uh, big I thing. Mean, like, the, the problem is like, yeah, there, there's not a lot of depth to this team yet, but yeah, I can totally see them going over. So yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Think, so, so rookie of the year for Cade, it's 2.6 to 1. I like to put it in those terms. I think that's probably easy. So like, our bet 100, win 260. I think that's a pretty good number. Like, I, I don't think it's really favorable. I think that's well set. Um, I think he's the, I think he's the favorite to win it, but I mean, A, an injury, I think, I, I don't think that he can win it with this field. He can win it if he misses 20 or more games. And there are some other real contenders. So I, I would rather bet Detroit's over than Cade winning rookie of the year. But I mean, if you like Cade, then I have no problem with it. I think he's going to be the best player. I want to say Cade at 260 is interesting, but not, it's not blowing me away. Yes. I will say the same. Kate at, Kate, Kate at plus 260 is, is fine, not great. Like, I, I'm not hating on it. I'm just like, I, I'm just thinking, I'm, it's, I don't think Casey's basically going to feed him the ball that, right? Uh, they, they have a lot of guys in this team that I think expect yeah. to have the ball in their hands. And Cunningham's catch and shoot is going to work well with that, but I mean, I mean, we even saw it in Summer League, like he was very willing to defer to I Saban would, Lee and to Killian and to, and they'll have Jeremy Grant on that team. I, I would rather be holding Suggs than holding K for a, with right? the pay, with the pay, I mean, basically triple the payout. Like, I mean, that's, right. that's, that's what if makes Kate, it different. If Kate is the runaway rookie, rookie of the, I mean, uh, I, I think Kate is the superior player by a meaningful margin. So yeah, like, yeah, no, no, I, I think, I think, it, I think this is, to be cl- well, I don't know if that's, a, I mean, we don't know about Suggs enough long term to say that. I do think that, like, from what I've seen from Kate, I do think he's the better player, but I don't think it's runaway, right? Like, I think there's, I think the season is like, the, the rookie class, and we'll get to the guys I like a little later, but like, the rookie class is really interesting because there's a lot of, like, uh, 
there isn't there wasn't really one guy who's head and shoulders above in terms of his number. I think I think Mobley was. We'll talk about Mobley in a second. But but Mobley has. I think Mobley will take a while to develop, and his game is more geared. It's more it's more like DeAndre Ayton's game, right? So which which means that like you know five years from now, yeah, he was obviously the better player, but he might not be the best player as a rookie because he has to pick up like some defensive. Team. With that note, let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, let's do it. So the Cavs roughly won twenty one games, uh, converting it to eighty two games last year. 25, 25. 25, yes. 25 games. And Vegas thinks they're going to be about the same. They, they, they had a they had a fair amount of turnover. They lost Torian Prince and recently Larry Nance Jr. They added Lowry Markinen. They added Ricky Rubio. They drafted Evan Mobley. And they also had this weird year in terms of injuries. Like, basically, Kevin Love didn't play. Now we'll see if he actually plays for them. Garland missed some time, as it seems like he always does. Nance missed a bunch of the year, um, even though he was on the team. And then they, you know, they got Jared Allen midway through. I, so for me, there are kind of a couple different parts with Cleveland. So if you want to go over with them, it's 26 or up. And if you want to go under, it's 27 and down. And so, I mean, that's broadly in line with the way they played last year. They had the, you know, there was a little, that, I mean, the, actually, I guess they outperformed their differential by a little bit. Basically, the, 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 the projection is right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> It's the second team, like, it was right in the middle for Detroit, and it was right in the middle. It's like, well, it's not right in the middle. It's a little more towards the oversight. Um, so, historically, so here, the, historically, Cleveland has finished under, and remember, I'm looking at 19 years where a lot of them, they had, they had LeBron James. Well, it um, makes it makes sense, though, for me, for LeBron teams to go under more often yeah. because there was a lot of optimism. I remember you and I used to have that as a running bit, that we would almost yeah. always go under on LeBron teams. Well, <laughs> you say like you, you say that like we're not gonna let, let me not give spoilers, but ooh, I'm looking forward to the Lakers this year. Uh, but let's but let's not, let's not, we'll get to that later. Um, could you see? Let, let, let's talk about it again like that. Could you see Cleveland winning 32 games? I don't. I don't think I could see them winning 32. I could see them winning like high 20s, low 30s. That, that roster is a mess, isn't it? It's it's a mess, and like the they so they have some guys that I like, but is like for example, is Jared Allen good enough by himself? You yeah. know, Allen and Okoro are probably their two best. Now that they traded Larry Nance, are probably their two best defenders. And well, Ricky, Ricky's pretty good. Oh, and Ricky, yeah, Ricky, who's who's in the rotation? I don't think he's going to start. And, and so, like, yeah, is it possible that those guys? And some shooting luck can get them to like 20th. Yeah, maybe. I remember the, so the Cavs last year were 28th in offense and 25th in defense. So, but for me, like, you get into this point where so it's like, okay, what is a 26 win team? Like, that's roughly the area we're talking about. It's like, that's probably about the fourth, fifth, sixth worst team in the league. That's generally about where that's been. I think the Cavs are, you know, like the, for me, like the third, fourth, fifth worst team in the league. So I'm going under. This is a challenging one though. I think, for, I think, I think in a series, they're worse than Detroit. They're worse than I think Detroit. they're worse than Detroit as well. But I'm, they're, well, what I'm they're, torn they're, on is whether to play it or not. They're worse than, they're worse than a fully healthy Magic. I but think they're, they're, worse, they're, they're not worse than like what the average Magic is going to be next year. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that that might be it because the Magic have so much variance in terms of health and how much their best guys play and everything like they're that. They're better than Oklahoma City, even though I think Oklahoma City has the best better player. Um, I'm not sure they're better than Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll get we'll get there later. Um, San Antonio, sorry, Houston. What do you think about in terms of them? I, I think Cle- I think I Cleveland, think Houston roster actually. They're they're probably. Well, I mean, I think they're worse than Houston full strength, but I don't know how much we're going to see Houston full strength. You know, like, will they trade some of their guys? Are they going to give John Wall a bunch of rest? Like, that type of stuff. Like, I think we'll see it. So for me, like, I'm an under on this, but I I don't think I want to play because one of the other big things that the Cavs have going for them is... 
age-related progression. So Darius Garland was horrendous as a rookie, and he was much better last year, and I think he'll be much better again this year. And Sexton, you know, like, what kind of role did they give him? I'm, you know, like... Has this organization developed anybody? I mean, not necessarily... They haven't been particularly... I mean, Larry Nance, I guess you could say. I, I don't know exactly how that happened, but he got a lot better than he was originally. Now, they paid him for a long time like he was better than he was, and then he out- exceeded eventually. But they haven't they haven't done a great job of that. But, you know, this is... It continues to be a different coaching staff seemingly every year, but it is a different coaching staff. Um, I yeah, who's, who's their coach now? Uh, J.B. Baker's staff. So he's, he took over for Beeline. Uh, he was a Beeline assistant. He took over for him, and so he had he had the reins last year, and he has him again this year. Yikes. Uh, I think Baker's staff's fine. Um, but I mean, like, I think, here's the thing. The, be, the, best, the, best, the best player on the team, to me, right, is probably Rubio. Like, like as an actual basketball contributing for I, I think it. I think it's probably Jared Allen. I like Jared Allen. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, but the, but the best here's why I think I should do underplay is like, does this team have a, does this team have a top 20 starter at any position? Cause like, if a team doesn't have a top 20 player at any position. Yes, they, they, they probably do, but they don't, I, I would probably say Rubio's borderline to that, but they're not going to play him. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think Rubio's a top 20 point guard anymore. I like Rubio, but I don't think he's there. Allen, I think I mean, has the best he, chance. If he top defense, I think he. I'm, I think his offensive game has really taken a step back over the last couple of years and that's more important, but it's, yeah, I mean, so, but I'm still underfade because I think that there is a path. Like, if they, they have enough competence at a couple different positions, I think that they want to, they want to try enough that I think that they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be in this mix. Like, I don't think they're going to win 18 games. Like, you know, that, that's, for those sorts of teams, and I think they could be bad, but I don't think they're, they want to be that bad. And Cleveland, they could end up being, like, if, the, if I'm as low as I am, like I said, I think they're the third, like, maybe like the third worst team in the league. Oftentimes, those teams actually can win a couple games towards the end because it doesn't make that much of a difference in terms of the record. I think the issue is also that I think there's a couple teams that, like, teams not division above this are going to care, right? Because I think that, like, the thing that's happening because of the play-in, because we're going to 10, there's going to be about 12 teams that are playing hard, and I think a lot of them are going to be in that central because I think the teams in the central are going to give, uh, sorry, uh, they're going to care about getting that 10 seed and, or getting into the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to get easy games late in the season, right? So God, I'm I'm really looking at the end of play here. Uh, even though even though Darko's going over, I'm like I like Mobley. You know what? I'm gonna go under because I do like Mobley. I do think Mobley could like Mobley could be really good or like good enough that like yeah they they just just because he's good enough they win over 25. Like they win over you know there's what. 25 and a half? Yeah. I mean, they win 26 games. I, mm, such a mess. I don't, ugh. so anyway, what do we think about rookie of the year for this team? What do we think about like rookie of the year for mobile? He's, uh, best bet is 12 to 1. I, I don't think big men, especially a big man who now that they got marketing, like his role within the rotation is a little less clear. I don't think he's going to get enough touches. And Mobley, I think he'll, he, uh, he's intriguing defensively in time. So I think it's hard for players like that to win rookie of the year. I like, I, I yeah. think Mobley's going to be a good player. I think he's, I, I, I think he's going to be that, but I don't think he's going to win rookie of the year. So I, I don't like that. Number. Yeah, there's, there's, there's guys in better situations. Uh, I agree with that. I'm, I, I think you agree with that. Unless he, I mean, if he's winning rookie of the year, then basically this is a little, I, I, 
but I don't think he's going to get enough touches to do it. Yeah. Uh, now, so, I, I, and I think there are ways, like, for Mobley that we could feel good about where he's going, and he doesn't win Rookie of the Year. Like, that's, it, it can happen, especially when there are guys above him who are going to be getting a bunch of touches. Like, if this isn't a Malcolm Brogdon versus Joel Embiid situation. Like, there are going to be guys with better cases than Brogdon had that year. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah. That's, and that's also, really Mobley's not a Joel Embiid to make it clear. Yeah, my dark horse, we'll talk about my dark horses in a really good situation, but there's a couple guys who are going to be, like, in winning situations and are, may get, like, starting gigs, and if they do that, then, then yeah, I mean, starting gig on a good team might, like, like, basically shine out, like, you know, Guy who's getting not enough reps on a bad team. So we are getting now to the surprisingly it didn't blow up that much uh Washington Wizards. Yeah, and the Wizards, so they won, let's call it thirty nine games last year. Um they made a series of moves including sending Russell Westbrook to the Lakers for a collection of players that included Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope. And Vegas is much less optimistic about the Wizards. They, um, even though they had the, uh, differential last year of a 37 win team, so, you know, roughly in line with, with where they, with where they were. Yeah, they won um, about 39. Yeah. yeah, they won about 39, so not too far, not too far off in that direction. Um, the Vegas thinks they're, they're over under, basically it's a 34 and a half, so it's kind of 34 if you want to go under, 35 if you want to go over. And I don't think it's a definite, especially when you consider that they could trade Bradley Beal, but I think they're meaningfully better than this. Like, I think this isn't over. I'm What I'm torn on is whether this is play or fake. I, I do think, like, it's important. This is the first team we're, talk, we're, we're looking at where, like, this is not a bunch of rookies, right? So this team has... Everyone on the team is, like, pretty much mostly everyone on the team has played before. Uh, did Scotty get fired, or is Scotty still there? Scotty is Scotty is gone. Technically, he wasn't fired. His contract just expired. They hired Wes Unsell Jr., um, who, another highly regarded assistant. My big concern for the Wiz is their defense because two years ago they were they were dead last and they were truly terrible and they did better last year i think some of that was you know that they were competing for something and and part of it was also that thomas bryant you know like they kind of in some ways partially replaced him with robin lopez and now robin lopez is in orlando playing who knows how much and so bryant is back to playing a larger role though they do have daniel gafford now who can be a part of their rotation so I yeah, worry, they, like... They got, a bunch of guys, they got a bunch of guys who are ready to positive. I mean, like, it, it kind of depends a little bit, like, their upside is real improving, like Denny being available and improving, and what they get from Kuzma, right? But they do have guys that are kind of, like, Gafford, KCP is generally positive. Yeah, like... Bertans can shoot the ball, like, you've got Beal. Yeah, to go, like to, go to the old... These are basketball players, right? Yeah, and, um, I mean, you do have a concern that the Wizards could, like, if they pull the ripcord, they could pull it hard enough enough to easily go under this. Like, if they trade Bradley yeah. Beal in January, they, they might do some crap, other... They play in a crap call. They play in, in, in one of the crappier divisions. Right? Yeah, they, they also play. have that. And then, but here's the, and here's the other part. Like, ownership matters for this. And Ted Leonsis has generally said, like, he, he's generally... Like, he's tried to be competitive. Like, that has been a goal yeah. of his. And... 36 wins, like, that's probably in the mix, and I think if the Wizards are in that general area, I don't know that they'll necessarily keep Beal, but, like, okay, let's say this isn't going to happen, but let's say could the Wizards... Them, could you see them win half their games? Absolutely, yeah. And so, like, if you... So let's say I, this isn't uh, going to happen. Because if, if they were in the Atlantic, no, but in the Southeast? Yeah, yeah. they could. Okay. It's plausible. Um, so, okay, but here, here's, so, so Arturo, here's the example I want to give you. So let's say this is going to happen. Let's say they traded Bradley Beal for no current players. Like, let's say you're not replacing anybody in the rotation. Their starting five then becomes 
presumably, Dinwiddie, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, probably Denny Avdia as a practical consideration, Kuzma. then either Bertans or, or sorry, um, Hashimura, Kuzma, Bertans, whoever that they like the best, and then whichever center is playing the best for them. Like, that's not a terrible team. Like, that's not, it's not great, like, but it's still better than, like, the Cavs and the, the where I think the Magic are going to be. Like, the, even if they dumped Beal, I still think they're not a bottom five team in the league. Yeah, I'm going to overplay on this. 30, 35 is a number that I think, as an organization, they're, they're, they're probably going to Yeah, I'll, I'll play it. Oh, I'm overplay. Wow, three plays. That's that's unusual. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're very aggressive this yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's not going to continue. Making me feel bad here. Yeah. Um, um, and they don't have they don't have any rookies. It's a, it's a reasonable play, and I don't think they. I mean, I don't think Beal for MVP is something you want. No, no. Um, so we. What can is move- the price for Beal on MVP? I'm actually curious. Uh, let's see. Bradley Beal, fine deal. It's kind of like. 20, I think it's yeah. It's, like it's, it's, it's seven fifty. Yeah. Seventy five to one. Yeah. Seventy five one. That's no. I'm not. That's too rich. That's too rich. Um, um, so. Do we wait? Oh, interesting question. Do we think they can win the Southeast? No. What are the odds on that? Southeast for Washington. Uh, let's see. I mean, there is a chance that the number is just so ridiculous that you get 35, it. Hedge- Thirty-five to one to win the uh, Southeast. Oh, I I think that's a reasonable number, but I don't think I'd bet it anyway. Like that's I, I don't I don't. Uh. <laughs> I, that's a that's a reasonable number though. Like I mean, if you're a Wizards optimist, I mean, thirty five to one. Miami, like there there are teams in this division that can't. Miami, Atlanta, like I think both of them will have a better record. So Charlotte upside, could. The, the upside for the upside I have one Saturday deviation move for Washington for Darko is about fifty two wins. Wow, that's what. But that is one Saturday deviation is literally everything breaking right for them. Absolutely everything breaking right. Everything breaking wrong for everybody else. Sure. Right. So um. That's like a five percent outcome. So it's basically saying like they should be like you know two three percent to win that. So thirty five thirty five to one is interesting. I would I want to have money on this. I don't think I would. It's 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 intriguing, but like unless you're like a wizard, if you're a wizard homer, it might be a fun number to take. I'm not yeah. like I might. Here's what I, I would say: I'm going to monitor the the division odds for the Wizards, and it might be something I bet within a month of the season, right? So yeah. if they come out, if it goes to like well, 45 or something, yeah. If Rui and Denny are playing well, and it looks like this team is progressing in the West Onslaught, then yeah, like that 35, 20, you'll get it like a 20 to one, and that may be a really interesting number to bet because it's Southeast, Southeast, some random team always with those stuff. Like it's always Southeast is always madness, right? So there, there's there's a possibility that that can have value, but I'm going to hold until I actually see a little bit more from these teams. That's yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, so we can move on to the Toronto Raptors, and this is a really fascinating one for me because the Raptors, so last year they had this brutal 27 and 45 season. They had a negative point differential, but they dramatically, they underperformed their point differential by the most in the entire NBA last year. Um, negative 6.4 below their expectation, but that's also um, in a shortened season. And so you have that, and then the over-under line for them in Vegas is 37 and a half. So if you want to go over 38 plus, if you want to go under 37 minus. And I feel I feel that this current Raptors team is much better than that number. I think that the current Raptors, if I were to say you put this team, even without Kyle Lowry, you know, if you put in, you know, you, you Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and OG and Scotty Barnes is, of course, going to play and everything else, even with my concerns about the center position, I think Nick Nurse is one hell of a coach. I think they're better than this, but I'm not going to play it because everything is screaming to me that they could, that 
basically they could make moves and any move they make is going to make them worse in the present. Like that's just yeah. what Masai would do. Well, I'm going to disagree with you strongly here. I think they're the worst team in the division. Wow. Which it is well, the worst, the worst team in the division. I mean, that just means they're worse than the Knicks. I mean, there are three very good teams in this division or two elite teams well, and one I mean, pretty good. Team. Like they're, they're, they're little, like, you know, I, I don't think that the Raptors are bad necessarily. It's just like they're the worst team in the division and they're clearly the worst team in the division. They're worse than the Knicks. Um, I don't think they're, I think the motivation on this team is like they have to do something. So I think they're, my suggestion is they're going to get worse this season, not better. And I think I'm comfortably under on this team. Wow. I, I mean, like it's 30, I mean, like we're particularly 37 and a half. Um, as good as I think, I just kind of like, I'm not, uh, it's, it's, they, they set that number very strongly. 37 and a half is. It's a good number. It's a good number. Like I, I, I expected to, to, for it to be lower and for me to go over harder, but instead they made it kind of a good, and remember like they had a true season from hell last year. And yes, it's not the same team as they were two years ago, but two years ago they, they were 53 and 19. They had a plus 5.7 differential. I don't think they're that team anymore, but is it, is it that hard to let them in? Gonna let him in and out of the country this year? We don't know for sure yet. I'm modestly optimistic. I'm moderately pessimistic on that. So I think, like, with, between that mess and the travel, the whole COVID thing and that, I feel like this is an underplay. Okay. Wow. That, I, 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 I'm enjoying I that, this disagreement. I think that we underrate Kyle Lowry. And I think that... Like, but they got Dragic. And, I mean, Dragic looked a little bit... He looked a little bit... We overrate Goran Dragic. Let also me, true. Me, yeah. So we underrate Kyle Lowry. We overrate uh, uh, Goran Dragic. And I love Dwayne Casey, but he just... Like, sorry, love, I love uh, Nick Nurse, Nurse. But he doesn't have the horses on this team. This team is kind of missing stuff. And this is a much worse team than it was two years ago, right? This, like... You're, you're, yeah, you're, they've lost... I mean, they've lost something offensively and defensively. I mean, remember, that team had Marcus Gasol yeah. and Serge Ibaka, and that was part of why they Danny were so Green. good defensively. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, so, like... Well, no, they, they didn't have they didn't have Danny Green two years ago. He was on the Lakers at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, okay. But the point being that, like, I think... I mean, again, just things have to end sometimes. And I don't yeah. think this team has the horses for it. Uh, and and I, I didn't love their draft at all. I didn't like the guys they drafted. I don't like... I don't like I don't like Scotty Barnes rookie of the year odds. I'll, I'll I'll mention that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the roster that they're early in. Like I think Siakam is fine. I think OJ is fine. I think Brooklyn Bleed is fine. But after you get past that, it's kind of a mess of a roster. Like there isn't anything positive after that. And I do kind of think that they're probably going to move. I think they're probably going to move Siakam. We talked about this before, and I think they're I think they're basically you know depending on how, what the outcome of the Ben Simmons trade is, whoever is disappointed is going to make a call to Toronto, right? Uh, and I think that's kind of what's going on, which is I think Toronto is the uh, the, the bridesmaid uh, to that Ben Simmons situation. So I'm, I'm under on this team, and uh, do I want to bet it is the question. Um, it's This line, man, if this line was 38 and a half, I would just like slam it, no problem under. Uh, 37 and a half is rough. Um, if you, ha- I mean, like, is this a better team than Washington? I... God, I worry a lot about their offense. I, I think they are it, defensively. It, the I think they're a lot better defensively. Let me quantify that. So, like, I think if Washington was in, in the in the Atlantic, I would flip this equation. If Toronto was in the southeast, then yes, I would like the upside on Toronto because it's southeast. But by by having Toronto in the Atlantic against, like, you know, these are, like, again, the teams in front of them are four really tough teams, right? Two of the best teams in the league, the Boston, who's probably going to have a better season, and, and, and uh, New York, who's going to play hard every night. 
Uh, and I think Toronto is more like, you know, I don't know what their identity is. They're not as tough a facility as they used to be, and I think they might blow it up, right? Um, that said, I have respect for Nurse. But I also have respect for Lowry. Um, I think that, again, I think the problem is, like, if I start looking at the ifs, ifs, ifs on this team, like, you know, Goran is probably going to get hurt, right? Because that's just who he is. Right. Uh, or they so just won't, or they won't play him that much. I mean, there are a lot of there are, and, and we've already seen the Raptors be willing to take their foot off the gas pedal if they're they not, not close. They might not be able to play every game in Canada. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 a lot of like like little things kind of you know uh, at play. I'm gonna go under play on this team. It's just again. That's fa- totally fair. I'm I'm over fade. I'm more confident in the fade than I am in the over or under. I th- I think there are plenty of reasons to go under, but I just think they're more talented than this. Like I, if they keep it close together, I, I think really, they're I, really I think they're over a 500 team. I really don't. I, I mean, I think I think that like Fred Van Bleet's a great third. Like it's, it's Wait, so it's, so are you are you playing it or are you fading it? Yes, no, I'm playing. Okay, I copy the wrong thing. Uh, under play. Um, Fred Van Bleet would be a great third. Is a great third or fourth best guy on a good team. Oh, I mean, there are so many guys on the Raptors that... Same with Siakam. It's like... Well, an OG. I mean, if OG... Yeah, OG, OG's, OG's, a, OG's a great guy to have a rotation, but they don't have a one or two guy, right? They really yeah. don't. They don't have a one or two on a good team guy. And really, they can't get away with that on this team. And there's too many, like, we're, we're also back on a team that has... But see, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna catch a lot of teams. They try hard on defense. They have a lot of talent. I think yeah, they'll be like, they'll be one of those teams that just like catches teams and gets more season wins. Not if they're playing, not if they're playing on the true court. Yeah. True. Yeah, we'll that's, see. That's, that's like, this is why I'm going like, I think I'm basically saying like, I don't think they're going to get to play like 40, 41 games at all either. But I'm going to put a note saying like, Arturo does not think they get 41 games. This is, this is part of my evaluation. I don't think they get to play the party. Yeah. Because my prior right now is like, assume that like the dumbest possible outcome is the outcome that we're going to get for COVID, right? So, yeah. yes. Uh, under that assumption, I don't think they're going to get 41 games. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, because like, the problem is like, because there's still story talking about the vaccination stuff, you, you might not be able to like move whole teams across the border. You might not be able to field games. I think what, what's going to end up happening is they're going to have to play somewhere where like you don't have to cross the international. Uh, and we both don't like uh, Scotty Barnes for getting your odds, so I don't think we no, need to. No, 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 no. And we don't like the division odds at all. Either. No. What are they? What, why are they to win the division? I think this might be the lowest their odds have been to win the Atlantic ever. It's goodness. Let's see. Uh, Fifty-one. Ah, uh, and, so and, and, and I'm not touching that with ten foot pole. So let's let's go to the Charlotte Hornets, and the Hornets are are fascinating because yes. so they last year we I'll use cleaning glasses uh, the per eighty two they had the differential of thirty four thirty five one team. And they definitely had some turnover. They lost Devontae Graham. They lost Cody Zeller. They added Mason Plumlee via trade. Kelly Oubre is a signing. Ish Smith. Um, they're going to play book night, presumably at least a fair amount. And Vegas is significantly more optimistic about the Hornets, a team that, than that. And so the over under is 37 and a half. If you think they're going over, you're saying 38 plus. If you think they're going under, it's 37 plus. 37 minus, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Yes, I, sorry, I think I stepped on my, I, I accidentally hit the mute. I thought I was unmuted. Um, I was just saying that I think this team is worse than last year. Um, but it's kind of weird because I do think that like there's some upside with Hayward, but you know, Hayward always gets hurt, so it's weird. I don't like Oubre. 
Um, he was dramatically bad for Golden State. Um, I don't know that necessarily he's a better fit here because again, it's a problem with like, well, like his, his offense just doesn't hold up. Um, and they have some rookies that I don't like. Do I feel strongly about it? You know, I, I get what, I get where Darko's coming from on the other. What, what about you? I, so I think that internal improvement will help them. I mean, LaMelo had a, had a successful year and remember, he missed some time last year too. He missed, I think, roughly 20 games and they, and of course Hayward missed time, but he always misses time. Um, but PJ Washington and Miles Bridges and like, there's some guys there that can be better, but a couple of big kind of larger concerns for me. So I thought Borrego did a decent job with them defensively last year. Basically like that they did some zone, they did some different things, but I was really hoping they were going to add, like fix the center rotation. I don't think Mason Plumlee does that just like I didn't think he would do that for the Pistons last year. I think it was right there. So I, I can see a path for the over, but I don't think it's as likely for two reasons. One is that that's a higher bar than they had last year. And while I think they have in some internal improvement, I don't think the roster is meaningfully better. And two, because I, I phrase it this way and people sometimes get mad, but like, in my opinion, there are more ways to go under than to go over. Like if you, there's team chemistry issues or, something. or if you have serious injuries or, you know, like there are guys that just aren't as good because it's like, I think that that's to me that, that feels more likely. I believe that's like generally kind of borne out to an extent and like, they also, you, added, they also added some minefields. I don't like how they were. Yeah, they added, and how much time are they going to give James Booknight, who I think is going to be, like almost all rookies, is going to be a negative player. So I'm under fade, not under play, though I think I might, re- I could regret not playing it just because I could see them winning like 32, 33. Um. Are they better than Washington? I don't think so. I think they're, cl- I think I, so as they stand right now, I think, I think Washington's, Washington's better, not- but if we're, if we're doing expected roster over the course of the season, I think they're pretty close because I think there's a meaningful chance that Beal's gone or some other Wizards, whereas I think the Hornets are keeping it together. But I think, I think the, ro- the Wizards roster is less fragile than the Hornets roster. I would agree with that. Um, I don't like their, I mean, I don't like their upside. There's, there's just too much wonkiness and I love, I love LaMelo, but again, I, as a Celtics fan, I had Hayward on my team, so I'm aware that Hayward is, like, Hayward is just gonna miss time, right? So Hayward's gonna miss time. And then that gets you into, like, weird rotations. And Devonta Graham was a good player, and the reason they lost him, you're familiar with the Devonta situation, right? Yeah. Like, they lost him because of, you know, the behavioral, like, not necessarily plays. He was a good player, I mean, he has some... Well, and I think they didn't like, they kind of saw where the team was going and didn't think that, didn't think that there was really a good spot for him and all that stuff too. Like it's, I, I, I mean, but they also like, so basically you're looking at it and going like, okay, so could I see them winning 41 games? No. I could see it, but I wouldn't expect it. Like, like it would be basically the defense is, the defense holds firm and LaMelo is just even better. Like if LaMelo is, takes another big step forward and they're like all of a sudden when he's on the floor, they're a top 10 offense, then you're starting to make some real hate. But like, do I think that's the most likely thing that they have a top 10 offense when he's on the floor this year? No. Like that would be insanely good. Yeah, I'm agree with that. Um, are we both under fade or? or I'm under fade. I don't know what you are. It's a good number. <laughs> Although Darko seems to think it's low. I mean, Darko is very strong on the play. Um, it's southeast though, so I'm like, it's a weakness in front of them. After this in the southeast, like, we're already like, I think Washington's better. So they're like the fourth best team in the southeast, and they could win 38, like, you know, under 38. Um, I'm gonna go under fade too. I don't, I don't, I, I could see Lomelo basically being a good enough to get him over this, right? But he has to be good enough to get him over this number because the other way this happens is if Gordon Hayward plays 81 games. And I don't think Gordon Hayward's playing 81 games, right? 
Um, so under both those scenarios, I'm going to say this is why I'm going fake, which, because I think there is enough that, like, if that, again, this is one of those lines, if it was like a, a win higher, I'd probably go the other. But 37 and a half is kind of too much. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go to the Knicks. And the Knicks last year, um, they had the differential, like, so they, they, you know, had this massively successful season, 41 and 31. They had the differential over an 82 games, over an 82 game sketch of a 47 win team. They were about even with their differential. And yes, they did have opponent shooting luck, but I also think they ended up getting better in the offseason. And basically the Vegas thinks they're going to be a 500 team. If you, if you want to go over, it's 41 plus. If you want to go under, it's 41 minus. And I, you know, I, the Knicks were, like one of the important factors, I'm guessing you're going to talk about this, is that the Knicks were very healthy last year. Overall, they did um, Mitchell Robinson miss time, and they also did, they didn't get Derrick Rose until partway through the season. But they also upgraded in terms of talent. I mean, I, I think as as much as I like Reggie Bullock, I think Evan Forty is better. There, I, I mean, the, I think the problem there's a, there's two problems for the Knicks, right? So the, 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 let's go for the positives first. This is regular season. Regular season, Tom Thibodeau's teams basically really hard in the in the regular season, right? They so do. They, they they basically will play. They will play like it's the playoffs, right? And they will go as hard as possible, play like short rotations, and play their best guys. So they're they're going to give you like a, a, a Tom Thibodeau team is going to give the it's going to give you the best chance of getting the best regular season record. The problem is while they improve, their entire division improved. Too, right, so sure. So, so I mean, well, we'll see about Philly, but Philly's better than we'll them. About Philly, but like technically, every other team in that division. Well, and and not only did the Atlantic well, improve, but also a lot of the middle, the middle of the East improved. So teams yeah. like the Bulls and the Pacers, because the Pacers were so injured, we'll talk about them soon enough. I think that like on a neutral court, they're better than the Bulls, but like the Bulls play in a worse division, right? So their schedule is easy. But that, I mean, that's that's a maybe a couple of games a year. Like I think that's a yeah. more that's. It's not a. It's not a dramatic thing. I, got, um, I have it a game and a half right now. So like, I'm gonna say that. So the bet with the Knicks is they're gonna play as hard as possible. They have a tough schedule, but if they get anything out of Kemba, then this number is silly, right? Yeah. So, and, and but here's the other thing. Here's why I'm overplay on the Knicks, and that's feels weird to me, is yeah. even if they don't get stuff from Kemba, they have other players. Like, quickly, I think, can take a step forward. They have a could full you, season of Rose. They have Alec Burks. Like, they have other guys. Could, could you see this next team winning 47 games? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah I, like, I, I, could, I could see this team winning 50 games if Kemba's like... I, I thought this number was going to be like 44, and I was going to really struggle with it. Yeah. I mean, I understand there's progress. There's guys on this team that are improving. There's guys that got hurt. And Tiff will just play them as hard as possible. Well, and they're, and like, they're they're not super old. Like I mean, Taj Gibson is old, but like Randall's twenty seven. This will be his age twenty seven season. Rose thirty three. That isn't great, but you have these other guys in the rotation. Noel twenty seven. They have a lot of guys who I think are going to kind of hold firm, and then they have some young guys that could get better. Do I think that Obi Toppin's going to take a huge step forward? No, but could he? Sure, could quickly. Yeah. Could and, and, they, and they're I, deep. I like, him, I like I love Kembo and healthy, and he's he, yeah. they got him really cheap, and it's up. It's an upside play. I think it's. I think we're both on over. Play on this, yeah. right? Uh, and I, because again, do I think that like I think that at worst I'm going to be sweating this the last week of the season? Yeah, I, and, and and they will be, and the Knicks will basically be trying to kill themselves. Well, and also like Julius Randle, as great of a year as he had, like I think if if you were asking him to do the same thing, that would be a struggle. Like he had this phenomenal year, but now he has to do a lot less because they have these other players that can create around him yeah, yeah. that can make them make life Barrett, easier on him. And RJ Barrett should continue to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 
He's not a top 150 guy. <laughs> Nick fans mad, but like, well, I mean, he's also 21 years old. Like, he's very young. He's also improving. So, yeah. and and again, this is the kind of feel like, do I feel like I would feel uncomfortable betting the under on a Tom Thibodeau, right? But the over, I'm like, look at this team going at that number, and going like, yeah, 41. Like, do I think that they're gonna they're gonna fight to get over 500, right? That because that's just like every night they're going to be like, it's a it's a Thibodeau team. They will be trying their absolute hardest every single night, right? It doesn't matter if it's a back to back in LA. They're gonna be going right, so I feel comfortable kind of taking this. Do we? No, but I mean, we're, we don't have um, no no rookie of the year, no MVP for yeah. them. They're they're just not. Yeah, they're not that like, team. I don't like. No, they're not going to win the division. No, they their division is too strong. Play, but no, you play Like it could be a curiosity if you're a Knicks fan and you'd rather do that than like bet the over. Sure, because really? I'm sure it's, like, I'm sure it's crazy what, high. But like, what, I don't what think, is it going to? It's thirty to one. What is it going? How many wins is it going to take to win the Atlantic? Fifty five. Because like the problem is like the, the problem for the Atlantic fifty eight. Like it's going to be crazy. The Atlantic are going to care about home court, and they're going to care about home court of the finals, right? Yeah, and they're, and they're also they're better than the Knicks as as well yeah, as the yeah, Knicks played as optimistic as I am about it picking by like, overplay. But it's they're yeah they don't have two MVPs on yes yes okay so let's let's go to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are are fascinating. They you know they underperformed relative to their own lofty mm-hmm. expectations last year. They had the differential of a thirty eight win team, and they um, they underperformed that in terms of record. They were thirty. 31 and 41. Um, but they have a full year of Vooch. They have Lonzo Ball in the rotation now. They have DeMar DeRozan in the rotation now. And so Vegas is very optimistic about the Bulls. Over-under set at 41 and a half either way. So that means 41 minus for under, 42 plus for over. This is the easiest bet so far for me. Under. Play. Absolutely the easiest bet. So, easiest bet. Uh, I, I think there is a way that they're that they're clearly an over 500 team, and that's that their offense is good and their defense is okay. Like I'm yeah. not I'm Marla, not a Billy Donovan. The Marla Rosen misses 60 games. <laughs> Well, they're really shallow on the forward line. I mean, that's one of the big problems with this team. They um, they don't have those kind of like they don't need, like the Bulls, especially. I mean, they had to sign and trade Garrett Temple to make the uh, to make the Lonzo trade work. And one of the one of the challenges for Chicago is that is kind of the apportionment of their talent. Like they have a bunch of guys that do certain things, and then like yeah, maybe Derek Jones can step in. I actually like Derek Jones a lot. Uh, I think he was. I thought he was underutilized in Portland, but also he wasn't that good. So like maybe he just isn't the guy that I hoped he would be. But the challenge for Chicago, and I'll go underplay as well, is their defense. Like this team does not have defense. They do not have much in the way of defensive talent, and the defensive talent they have isn't going to play. There's another challenge for Chicago, right? If you've got DeMar DeRozan, right, and Vucevic, and Zach Levine, right? Should DeMar DeRozan ever get touches in the last two minutes? No. I mean, maybe some. Like if there are... There's like... Like, there's no justification. Like, really, if you look at this team, there's no justification to having the ball in, like, DeMar DeRozan's hand at the end of the game, and they will have the ball in his hand at the end of the game because really they have better offensive players that should have touches. So, functionally, if there's no offensive value in having DeMar DeRozan on the court, and there's definitely no value in having him defensively on the court because we've shown that, like, oh, no, defensive, like, and like, the team gets worse when he's on the court, but they he's the highest paid player on the team, then really, like, we, you know, on the chats I'm in, like, with all the insiders and stuff, like, Everybody was happy with what they did until they did the sign. We're like, if they'd done everything they did but sign DeMar DeRozan 
I would be probably like on. Well, the I mean, there is a meaningful chance that Thaddeus Young is a more positive player for his team next year than DeRozan. Like, it's possible. I, I think. I, I mean, especially because what DeRozan. Oh, we'll, did, talk, we'll what? talk about the Spurs, but it, we'll talk about the Spurs. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying in general, like Thaddeus Young is a poor fit for the Spurs, but like Thaddeus Young was, I, he was Nate's sixth man of the year last year. He was in the mix for me. He also started a bunch for them at different points in the year. But like, I, I think because what you're getting at with DeRozan is this point that what made him useful for the Spurs is less useful for the Bulls, and what made him what the Spurs overcame defensively is harder for the Bulls to overcome. But the Spurs were better when DeMar DeRozan was not on the court. Also true. I mean, and last year it was less extreme in terms of the talent when they, he was on partly and the talent because, when he was partly off. Because they lost, partly because they lost a bunch of players. Right? Yes. So they were missing some of their key players. So like, you know, but but that's the problem. The problem with DeRozan is that he, the stuff he does, like the stuff he takes away from you construction-wise is stuff that's like really cool. And the problem, again, the problem for me is like, I would much rather play Lonzo, Sack, and Alex Caruso than play the Marvel, right? And that's like, I would, I would much rather give, also give these guys like touches as opposed to Marvel Rosen. So basically to me, he's going to be like a really net negative. He's going to be a net negative for this team and a significantly more net negative than he was on San Antonio. He's also getting old, right? So. And it's also, if, if the Bulls also have a challenge that there aren't that many ways for them to pivot. Like they don't, the forward line, it's DeRozan, Patrick Williams, who I think could take a step forward this year. I'm, you yeah. know, I, I like, I really liked him as a prospect. Summer league was, was eh. but then. And like, okay, Derek Jones Jr., he was largely out of the rotation with the Blazers. Then you're getting down to like Troy Brown Jr., who I think of as a smaller guy there. Like, they don't have options there. And while I like Tony Bradley as a backup five, they don't really have anybody else. Like, you get into all those. Like, this is a weirdly shallow team. And maybe they move Kobe White for something that can help them more in the immediate. But I don't think his value is super high. It doesn't seem like they're going to play him that much. Like, to really, it seems like he's going to be more of a sell low rather than like getting somebody who can really help them. And it's not like the Bulls are a buyout destination or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this team will be fun. But ultimately, they're going to lose a lot of games late yeah. because and like I, I think they can be under 500 and still make the play in and potentially even make the playoffs. But you know, make it make it out of the play in. But I I don't I don't think they're winning 42. I, I just I really could, don't. I could totally see them winning 30. Like I could see them winning five games less. I could totally see them winning 36. I could totally I could not yeah. And I could and I could see them winning 43, 44. Like I I I can see the path to it. But do I think it's more likely that they win 36? If the 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 mother Rosa misses misses but they don't have the guys to replace him. I mean, it's 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 a challenge. They can play Caruso. Um, yeah, but then they don't have. I guess then Kobe White becomes the backup. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a couple different fringy possibilities, but yeah, it's 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 not like it's not like here's the thing. They've got two guys who can put the ball in the ball. They can, they've got two guys who can put the ball in the hole. Yeah, but they don't have guys who can defend. Like this team, I, I brought this up with. I brought Lonzo this up with can defend. Lonzo and Caruso can defend. Yeah, I mean, but if your two best defensive players are guards, like, and maybe I mean, maybe Pat fine. Williams could step up. Well, and Derek Jones. Yeah, you know. I mean, you can. Basically, you're going to need to have both be your like, but I mean, which book is fine. You'd like to have another rim protector. You'd like to have a, a, a better. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think you know? that Vooch, Vooch away from Steve Clifford, Vooch away from some of that stuff, I think it's going to look worse. And the, uh, Patrick Williams, like, they're going to need him to be a supplemental, like a help guy. And uh, because it's not going to be DeRozan. Like, if DeRozan's guarding fours, you're, are you going to get help, help rim protection from him? Hell no. Like, it's, I think, 
I think there are going to be nights where they just they yeah, get. Yeah, basically, the Rosen basically basically doesn't add anything offensively. He takes away stuff. Oh, I think I think he adds and stuff. And he takes away stuff defensively too. So well, he takes like, so much. I think for me, it's the offensive part is going to depend on how they use him, but the defensive yeah, part, he's he's abysmal. Then, he was abysmal last year. Danny, the problem is like there's only one ball, right? Yeah. So this is kind of what was happening if you watch the Olympics with Dame on the floor in the Olympics, which is like Dame on the floor was bad because his the stuff he he wasn't bringing enough offensively. Against like you know if you don't have an illegal defense you can like run two five centers and like you take his offensive game enough away that his he was so bad defensively that every time he was on the floor Team USA would struggle because like you know that was the way it was. because what he was bringing wasn't as useful as what he was taking yeah it, it, yeah that's because, fair and the guys who could bring instead of him were much like he like Drew Levine was much better and Drew was much better than he was in this particular season or Devin Booker much better which is the same thing it's like I think the problem is Demar Derozan is much like is any lineup with Demar is worse for this team than lineups without him, right? Which is like kind of the problem with him historically, and it's aggravated by the fact that they don't have personnel to like cover his errors on the rim, right? So when was the last time you played on a team like didn't have like decent injuries? Yeah. So but I, I, no well, division. Andrea Bergnani. Yeah. Okay. No division. No no rookie of the year. No 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 no, no 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 rookie of the year. So well, so no. let's let's go to Indiana and the Pacers last year. I they didn't have a full season from hell like the Raptors did, but they had pretty close. And I mean, not only in terms of just the guys who were unavailable, TJ Warren only played, I think it was like a couple hundred minutes last year, 117 minutes last year. Um, Oladipo, they, you know, he was injured. They barely played him. Even like the guys who were on the floor more, like Turner missed some time. And they also basically mutinied on their head coach who then got fired after his first year. And so for me, like you th- the way I like to think about this, okay, so they had this really bad year. They were basically a kind of a neutral team overall. Like they, they ended up, uh, 34 and 38. They had about an even point differential. And then two years ago, 1920, plus two differential, you know, plus they're plus three the year before that. And they added Carlisle, who's a better coach than either Bjorkren or Nate McMillan. And while his voice can ring hollow, it generally doesn't originally, like at the very beginning. Um, so I think the Pacers are a much better team than this. I think that they are, that they have a, um, they have a better coach. So I'm, I'm overplay. Yeah, I'll overplay on this team too. Uh, I agree with you on all, on all those points. I am, I'm not convinced that it's a coach problem and not a front office problem at this point. It could be. Because it does, it does seem that like the coaches leave Indiana to go and be very successful at other, other places. Yeah, Last I mean, Vogel was better with the Lakers than I expect him to be. I guess you could, you could say the same for sure with Nate McMillan in Atlanta. Um, but I, I think that the Pacers, like, and he, the funny thing about it, like, there are always a couple teams like this, and this is why I'm a play and not a fade for them. It's like, yes, I have concerns about how the, their, their roster construction and, you know, like, do Levert and it's a, Brogdon. It's a Carlisle team. They have talent, and they generally historically, their line is set too low historically. They're 63% yes. of the time they go yeah. over. It's like, because their line is... Do I, do I think the Pacers are going to win 50 games? No. Um, oh, so by the way, their line, so uh, it's 42 and up if you want to go over, 43 negative if you want to go under on them. I yeah, 41, 41 and a half of them. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'm overplay on them. I don't think they're going to win the division because the Bucks are very good and they're, the Bucks have a very high ceiling. I don't think they're going to win the Eastern Conference, obviously. Um, I don't think Duarte is going to win rookie of the year, but I, I think that they're going to, I think overplay. Yeah, overplay. I don't, um, no, we don't like the division central. Now, and, and like, and so the funny thing for me is like, there are ways that I can see this Pacers season going south, for sure. Like, I mean, they have some talent that doesn't fish, fit perfectly. They've already had some chemistry stuff, but like, They'll be healthier. It's almost hard for them to be less healthy than they were last year. And they're... We've seen, we've seen Carlisle teams with less talent be better than this. Yes, we have. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very positive on them.
them. Now, I don't think that I don't think the Pacers are going to like win 55 games and be like a top seed and all of that. But I think they're I think they're a playoff team. And like, yeah, if, if you have to bet on better record, would you take the Pacers or the Knicks? Pacers. But I think I think they'll both. I think they're I'm, I'm overplay on both of them. I think they're I think they're both over 500. Yeah, teams. but. The Pacers have significantly easier schedule. They do, and the Pacers, like, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm now, I, I think I said Pacers too quickly. I think I am Pacers, but I think it's more of a close call than I said. I want to, I want to indicate that, that it is a close call. I do think the Pacers talent is better. Yeah. Um, I do think, like, I do think that they're going to be like in the, in the four, five, six kind of race. Getting yeah, maybe maybe five, six, seven this year because the top is a little bit strong. But yeah, yeah in that in that mix. Um, let's get to another team that might be in that mix: the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks went forty-one and thirty-one, just like the Knicks did. Um, and they had a a slightly worse point differential. They had the differential of, of go to eighty-two game season of a forty-seven win team. And something, and so Vegas thinks you know puts the line pretty similar. It's forty-seven and a half either way. So forty-seven and under if you want to go under. 48 and over if you want to go over. And I think an important place to start with this is his health. So last year, Trey Young played 63 games, so he, he missed fewer than 10. Herder played. Capella, actually, even though he missed the beginning of the year, he played plenty, but like Hunter missed a ton of time. Bogdanovich missed a ton of time. Gallinari always misses time, but he also but, missed but, time. But Hunter was addition by subtraction. I like Bogdanovich. I think he, I think he. No, no, Hunter, not Bogdanovich. Oh, Hunter. No, I like Hunter too. Um, I, I, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter and Lagorman, he, he's, he's flashy and can be a little bit. I think he's, I think he's coming on. I think he'll, I think he'll do well. And also, like, they had Rondo for the first half of the year. He was terrible for them. They added Lou Williams, who was much better for them. And now they still have Lou Williams. So yeah, the Drakkies love Sharif Cooper. Bradley. Yeah, I don't think he's. I I I think Cooper's like I I like his passing. Like he impressed me seeing him in person in summer league. But I don't think he he's so small and everything. Like if he if he's like he's like he's 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 it four with better pass. But the but thing the thing that I like about Cooper's situation, the difference there is that he like Jalen Johnson, who I actually really like. If he's good enough to play, he'll play. If he's not good enough to play, they have other guys who can get those minutes who are good. Like so. The Hawks don't need they don't need anything from Cooper and Johnson, but if they get something, great. Yeah, I agree. So um, this is but I think this is an incredibly well set line. Like that's that's oh, yeah, the real- this, is, this line is this line is perfect. It's like forty seven it was last year, line is forty seven and a half. <laughs> Um, and basically, Darko thinks it's 47. Uh, I'm over on this team, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'm staying away from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more confident in the they're fade. Better, they're better bets for this team. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about it. I'm more confident in the fade than I am in the over, but I'm an over fade as well. Um, I think that, so, I mean, what are the, I, I don't think, lots, I yes. like, I like Trey, I like Trey Young. I don't think it's going to be an MVP year for him. I think this is going to be more of an all NBA year for him. Also, we'll see how the rule changes affect it like I think I think some people are probably overstating how this can work because Trey Young has a lot of other game but you know the free throw drawing was a big part of his insane efficiency yeah, last year they made a point of emphasis but I, I, we'll see how long it lasts yeah we will I, I think I think a lot of that not all of it is going to stick but I think a lot of it is going to stick just because of the way the league talked about it and they they understand to in this way but not in others that it's an entertainment product Um, I so I think that but I don't think I mean Trey Young so it's 21 to 1 for him to win MVP, I don't think he's going to do no. it, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that. But so when you were talking about interesting odds, are you meaning their division odds? Yeah, I was looking at. It. I thought it was going to be better. It's like plus one thirty. Um, 
So basically, it's will they finish with a better record than the Heat and potentially the um, potentially the Hornets if they, or Wizards if things go really well? Yeah, I think the division is the bet. I think you bet the you, I, I think you I think you bet the Hawks in the division. I think Hawks plus one thirty. Given that we're projecting a forty seven and a half, and Darko's projecting the Heat. We'll, we'll talk about what. Darko's Here, here's what I'll say with the Hawks: Don't bet anything. Like it's just it's just it's it's all too well set for me. Personally. I like no, I like I like Hawks plus one thirty with the Celtics. I think it's. It's plausible. Um, like I, I like that the best. I will say that I like it the best. I, I think it's a good bet. I mean, I think I, I think I don't know if Arturo likes. Um, do I like do I like betting them at one thirty now or waiting until they lose a couple games and it gets like one fifty? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Arturo likes. I like okay, so I like them winning division. I like uh, division odds, but I'm gonna wait until I get a better price on. I like division odds. I'd like to get it at. Better than plus one seventy. I think at some point this is going to be over. Right? Uh, I think plus one thirty isn't great. Plus one seventy five means I'm basically at some point I'm going to be able to cash out. And what I mean by that is, so if I get it at that price, I'm assuming at some point in the season it'll get to the point where I can basically either like I can trade it in or just basically take. I assume I'm going to get it at the end of the season, right? Okay. So there's a, you can basically like the, the the books will give you the option of, of basically they'll buy it back from at a lower odd if it gets. And, and I think that it's just like I think the price on that. I'm paying, like, right now I'm paying a surcharge if I buy it on 30, right? Uh, and I think that, like, I think I'll get it at a better price than lose a couple games. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't like their MVP odds. I don't like any of the rookie year odds. Let's talk about the Celtics. Yeah, so the Celtics are fascinating. Um, they, you know, they had a, a really rough year last year, COVID, injuries, everything else. And, um, they, so they ended last year with a 36 and 36, 500 record. Um, but even then they had, they underperformed their point differential. They had the differential of a 45 win team. We go over 82 games. They had a bunch of injuries. They had a bunch of injuries. They also, and then in the offseason, they swapped Kemba Walker for the private return of Al Horford. They brought in Josh Richardson. They brought brought in Dennis Schroeder. They lost Evan Fournier. So it's like a, a weird little turnaround. They also swapped their coach to become their general manager and brought in Ime Udoka, who will have to see how that works out. So, like, I Boston, the line is 47 and a half, just like it was for the Hawks. So 48 and over if you want to go over, 47 and under if you want to go under. And sort of similar to the Hawks for me, I think I, the Celtics are better than this, but I'm not confident enough to play it. So basically, Dark, I'm using uh, Basketball Monster in the projection. They have a lot of Dennis Schroeder, and that's not a good Um And so, like... I don't, I don't, I think if, if, like, the nice thing for them with Schroeder is if, if he's not doing well, they have other options. Like, they don't need a lot of Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, that's the thing, like, but honestly, to me, is he the fourth best guard on this team? Well, how are we defining guard? Are we counting Jalen as a guard? Jalen Brown? Yeah, so Jalen, Smart, Pritchard, and then Schroeder, probably. Uh, and if we're counting, I think Richardson is better, so, um, Josh Richardson. So, I would yeah, say- Yeah, he isn't, he might be, so it's, it's like, he's either fourth or fifth on that, like, and he should play, like, I think PP should get, like, minutes ahead of Right, so I think Peyton Richards probably get minutes ahead of Schroeder. I think it, it depends on what lineups you're using and all that, but like I, I think Schroeder, I think Schroeder's more talented than Pritchard, but there are times that Pritchard is the better option because he's less combustible. Yeah, nobody's ever rolled the bag like they, like I can't believe Lakers are going to pay him like eighty million dollars. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, we'll see if they actually if that offer. I mean, we won't see, but whether that offer was actually on the table. Um, yeah. So this, so the trick on this team is like, so you want Schroeder to play less than BBM is projecting it, and you want Rob Williams to play more, right? I think. The more Robert Williams plays, the better off you're going to be. If this is going to improve with Nesmith and some growth, then yeah, then this, this team has some upside. I do think that the line is set properly. I agree. 
because again, it's it's the division's tough. So I, I could see them winning fifty games easier if they were in a soft division. But in this one particular one, where everyone's just going to care, unless the Sixers just fall apart, um, I don't. I mean, could I see them winning fifty two games? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 if, if Tatum takes a super leap and they have good health and yeah, I mean, have- I I could see it. They so two years ago. They were they were actually a be, kind of a better team than that. I mean, it was a short. They were forty eight and twenty four, but that was a seventy two yeah, game they season. They had Hayward. They had Hayward. They yeah. had uh, healthy Kemba, more or less. But they didn't yeah. have they didn't have Horford. So I mean, that's a swap. And they, I think they had some. Yeah, had, but, but this is this is old for This is not like the. I mean, like I like Al, but Al's not the yes. guy he was two three years ago. But so I mean, like, but neither is, neither are Tatum is, and Brown. Like they're is, they're much better than they were. Not as good or as deep as a team two years ago yet. They might be. Oh, I would agree, but, but they, that team. You know, that team had the differential of a 58-win team. Like, they can be worse. And, again, 50 – the question is, can they win 52? I think the answer is yes. I don't expect them to, but they can. I kind of feel like – I kind of feel like 47 is the magic number. I'm I'm kind of under and I'm kind of fade. Okay. I'm over fade, but I think we're very – I think we're very close. It's just that, you know, this is such a well-set line. Well, the problem is, like, again, if if I thought the Celtics are going to play the guys I think they should play, I'd go over fade, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to play – it's going to take them a while to get to where they need to get, right? I don't know Udoka enough to make the guess. If Brad's, ma- if Brad's making the call as a GM, then they're going to play the wrong guys because that's I just I, this is just who Brad is. Brad will play uh, too much. He will play too much. He will try to force too much Schroeder on the team. And eventually they'll figure out that they should be playing him and they should be moving more toward Pritchard and Nesmith and, uh, and, uh, Rob Will, Rob Time Lord. And those are the guys that we need to kind of grow and get in there. And I mean, they kind of like banked in. Like the one thing I did like Seals did is he locked in a bunch of contracts. So that team, this team is pretty well set to like make a move for, for, for one more guy and, and improve themselves. So I do think that's the young team that's going to improve. I do think the problem is like one, it's a rough division and two, I think it's going to take them a bit to get to their optimal rotation, right? Um, so this is why I'm under thing. And also, I mean, like, if, you know, Budoka comes out and he's, like, a great coach from the start and he's an improvement on offense from Brad. And the guys buy in and, like... Yeah, the problem with Brad had... The problem with Brad was Brad... Brad was a good defensive coach, but he was a bad offensive coach. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was good out of out of, ba- out of out of bounds, but he wasn't great on, like, regular offense. And he he's not a guy who... He's not a guy who, like, worked the refs or worked the game style necessarily as aggressive as he should. Like, Spolster does it, uh, Nurse does it, uh, Pop does it, but, like, Brad was like, no, he's too polite. He's like, no, you know, just hopefully the good things will happen. But he, he was never aggressive about pursuing kind of, like, you know, if, if, if they're, they're calling fouls or, like, or like they like being a little bit, working the refs and getting them to the right side. And that was a weakness. I want to see if, if I get a bit more fire and get more, a bit more improvement here. But, again, I don't know. It's an unknown Udoka's like well like, but I don't know how he's going to be in the head. And for for them, I don't particularly like. Uh, so Tatum, it's thirty three to one for him MVP. Like I like Tatum, but I don't think that that's too big a leap. Like we don't see guys really come out of nowhere. Not, hasn't he top five the MVP? Hasn't been the top five of the MVP or, or not yet? I don't think he has yet. I think it's interesting. I actually think it's interesting because 
it's it's it might be the year he finishes second, right? Okay, so uh, Tatum has never I Tatum has never finished better than I think tenth in MVP. Yeah, so no, nobody comes in from like nowhere like that. You actually, I think it's I think it's twelfth. I think he's never finished better than twelfth. Yeah, so what you would expect is him to come in like in the top. If he does really really well, he'll come in, in the top five. And like in essence, if he's coming, like if if Tatum's winning the MVP, and the Celtics are the ones that basically that's yeah. my take on it. Yeah, so so go over instead of Tatum's MVP odds. Like, like if you, if you, if you get if you or division or something. That, if you go in that direction, I mean, is eleven to one to them to win the division? They have to be ten games better than like. I mean, like for them to win the division, they'd have to win what eight games more than they're over. Something like that, yeah. No, that's that's too that's too rich, man. I don't like it. Um, no, no. I think I think I'm good with not touching the Celtics because yeah. there's there's too much there's too much uncertainty, too much unknown. There's been a lot of roster turnover. Now there is a good team there. I do think this team is going to be better at the end of the season than they are at the beginning of the season. That's my take. Yeah, right. I, think that, I think that I think that's totally fair. And, and it's just like we don't know exactly what they are at this point. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to Miami. Pete finished last year with a 40 and 32 record. They outperformed, though. Interestingly, they outperformed their points of pretty significantly um even though they then got knocked out of the playoffs by the by the bucks they of course had this very prominent offseason where they added Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker though it did cost them Dragic and Precious Chua and they also lost um, none and a couple other guys depth guys retained uh Duncan Robinson and so I, I was wondering where this line was going to be set and so it ended up being that the way Vegas treated it is actually that they're pretty close to where they were two years ago when they made the finals the heat had the differential of a 49 win team and basically Vegas thinks they're going back there because if if you want to go over, it's 49 plus, and if you want to go under, it's 49 minus. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable going on those. I'm an under fade because I believe in their defense. And like, I think if their defense is top five, which actually incidentally Do you Miami, believe in their health. I believe in their health enough. Like they're they're gonna be so I don't think they need all five of their guys to be healthy for them to win individual games, but I do think that you know if they do to win playoff games, of course. But like the thing is with the forty nine and a half, that's the thing. The other thing is kind of interesting. Even though teams with Lowry generally go over, but Jesus Christ, it's a really it's a really ambitious line, and I think the point you're getting at with their depth is a real challenge. Like I mean, so if we assume their starting five is Lowry, Jimmy, Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, let's say let's say that's their starting five. Even though they got some veteran minimum guys that can help, like Dwayne Dedman, like they're gonna, their rotation is shallow. Tyler Hero is really the only other guy that can pick it up. I mean, maybe Max Struess or somebody else, but it's like there aren't a lot of established guys. And Oladipo, it sounds like he's gonna miss a lot of time figuring out all this stuff. Somebody was calling him Vanilla Patty Mills, and uh, and I got offended that was too like harsh on Patty Mills. Who are you talking about there? Uh, Tyler Hero. Oh, Tyler Hero. Oh, I think I think Mills is a better passer, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, no, so yeah, I, Mills is better. Yeah, I'm just saying, um, I'm comfortable going. I think I'm comfortable going the under. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going player. Yeah, that that's it. I'm under two. I, I'm just trying to figure out fade or play. And I think so for me. <sighs> So you think about teams, think about teams that have like roughly a 49 win profile, like kind of the way that can look. And so last year, the Knicks were a little bit below that. The Lakers were around that. And so actually, I think the Lakers are informative here. Who do you think ends up with a better record? The Lakers, the Celtics or the Heat? The Celtics. I mean, I'm going over on the Celtics and under on the Heat. Like that's, that's, that's not a, I, I, I'm. Yeah, but this, but it's a two win difference. Oh, it is a two win difference. That's true. Yeah, but so, but like, okay, let's say. If you think the Celtics are worse, like, you're basically saying you're basically saying that you think it's under by you think it's like 47 wins for this. Yeah, 
I am. And but I but I can see a path, but it's whether I play it. Like so okay, so here's what I was saying with Will Link. they will they care? Will they care about like finishing over like will they care about winning fifty school? Because what I'm what I'm, what's worrying me is so like last year the Lakers were number two in defense and twenty three in offense and they roughly had the differential of a forty eight win team. Any other defense like Miami's defense might not be as good. They I think they could be, but like it's very top heavy. Like they their bench defense isn't going to be amazing, all that type of stuff. But they can be better than twenty first on offense. I mean I think they could easily be fifteenth. Maybe they could be a little bit better than that. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of a Jimmy Lowry Bam kind of triumvirate in that sense, they have shooting like in a lot of the other spots and everything else. So. And I mean, PJ, so I... I think I'm going to feel stupid fading instead of playing, but I think I'm going to do it anyway because I believe in Spo. I think they have talent. And so I think they win 47-48. And like, I don't, I, I, I'm going to play the ones I'm more confident in. So I'm going to fade it, but I'm, I'm going to, I think you're going to play it and I'm going to regret not playing it. Yeah. I'm going to play it. I mean, I, I think that there's just a clear line. Like again, the top of the East is so tough. Like, I don't know that this team, I don't, how does this team win 50 games? Like, I don't think they're going to, one, they're not going to try hard enough. Well, it. it would be crushing the crushing the bottom ten teams in the league. Like I think that's the way that they would do it. But the problem is, I don't think their offense is combustible enough. Like I think they'll have games where those teams have miserable the nights. The problem is like they don't play. The problem is we don't play in the West, which is weird, but it's true. Like like even the bottom, like you know, I mean, we have one cream puff really in the East, right? Maybe two if we include Cleveland. Right? So I would say I I think either Detroit or Cleveland is going to end up as one. We just don't know which. Yeah, I mean, I think the, no, I think Detroit's like so in terms of like bad teams in the East. I think Orlando or Cleveland are. <laughs> I think Detroit and Cleveland and Washington are all going to play But, like, when Miami plays Charlotte, I think they'll stifle them pretty thoroughly. Now, but what, will they score enough? Some, I think most nights they will, some nights they will. I think if Charlotte is a full strength, Charlotte can basically run, run. Like, the problem, like, Charlotte does have a decent home court. So Charlotte's is full strength, and they can, there are going to be nights where Charlotte's going to catch Miami to play. Like, because it's just, they're just going to play really fast, right? So mm-hmm. Charlotte's going to play really fast, and Miami, might not want to spend the energy to, like, uh, in the regular season game. That's kind of the thing. Right? Yep. So, so I think they're going to marshal their strength a little bit, and I don't know that they're... They don't have the depth to go hard at 50. So I think under is a comfortable play. For okay. Them. I, don't, I don't think... I don't, I don't, I don't think they're... Basically, they're not going to run... This, this is the anti-50. They're not going to play the minutes they need to play to get there, right? And I don't see why they would do that. This is kind of why I like Atlanta, because Atlanta, Atlanta will try to win that division, right? Uh, and, and I think Miami will win it there, but I don't know that's going to be their focus. I think their focus is going to be can we make sure that everybody's healthy for the playoffs, right? Yeah. So they'll give, they'll give Jimmy and Lowry time off. And they don't they don't have a good MVP candidate. Like, I don't think Jimmy has that in him. Yeah. They're going to rest him and play, everything they're else. Not play the, they're not going to play the And minutes. generally, when we're picking a team's under, we're not going to like their division odds, their conference odds, or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, their division odds are crap. Their division odds are God. I think there's like, it's like, it's like under money this one. Uh, yeah. oh, it's plus, yeah, the division best is plus 110. That's, that's new. Especially like, they're saying Miami's not even money. No, no, no. What are you talking? What are you saying? Like, did Atlanta die? No, they're not even money. Okay, so let's let's jump to the Philadelphia. Well, this, is said, this is why I said I wanted Atlanta at like over one seventy five because I want them at the field. <laughs> so let's go to the seventy sixers. Philly last year, uh, they won. They went forty nine and twenty three. They had the differential of a fifty five win team. Joel Embiid was my per minute MVP last year, and they didn't dramatically turn over the roster. Uh, Daryl Morey decided to keep Danny Green. That pretty much kept things solid. They didn't get anybody big in free agency. They got. Drummond to replace Dwight Howard, but they lost George Hill, which I think will hurt them. Um, eight, whether age-related regression or age-related stuff is going to help them is interesting. They
they have young guys, but will those young guys like Maxi and Shake Milton, will they play better enough to really get into Doc's rotation? Of course, we have the Ben Simmons question, but so Vegas sees them, like, Vegas sees that this as, interestingly to me, so like, I thought they were going to set the line at about even to what the Sixers were last year, and that I was going to be really torn. Instead, Vegas put the line down, so it's 51 and a half, so 52 and up for over, 51 and under for under, and that makes it a more interesting possibility for me in terms of making money here. Um, basically you're getting a Ben Simmons discount. Yeah, um, and like, this is the, so the, so the Philadelphia is significant, like, Philadelphia with a current roster is significantly better than 50, than 51 and a half, right? Yeah, cause I mean, Joel Embiid missed, he missed 22 games, 21 games last year in a shortened season. It's not no, like, even, even, even if Joel Embiid misses 21 games like he did last season, you're still thinking that they're a significantly better team than 51 and a half, right? If everybody else is coming back with that continuity and whatnot, it's a good, like, this is a solid. Yeah, I mean, Seth solid. Curry played well for them last year, and it's yeah. not like the other thing is that it is it, there weren't players on on the Sixers last year that had super anomalously positive years. It wasn't like Tobias Harris shot the lights out or yeah, David Green. Simmons had a bad year, right? Like so, so for oh. them, like yeah, I agree with you. And so then the question becomes, well, okay, if they make a Simmons trade, which now seems more likely, or even he sits out regular season games, which I'm skeptical of. That is very very rare in the in the NBA. Um, and my instinct is that Daryl Morey is if he trades Ben Simmons, which I now expect to happen, you know, at least by the All-Star break, but probably before that, I don't think a Ben Simmons trade is going to make them significantly worse. Like, I think they're going to get players who can help. They understand that Joel Embiid's time is now, mostly because of his injury stuff. Also, Embiid, this is a 27 season. Like, this is, these, this could be his best year. So maybe it's CJ, maybe it's somebody else. Like, I, even if they take a step down, I don't know that, like, CJ is a worse player than Ben Simmons, but I don't know that he makes the Sixers that much worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think this was pretty, uh, am I going to go over play again? Um, I mean, it's, I think it's over. I think we both agree it's over. The yeah, over. it's, it's over. Um, so we're going to go over. The question now is, do we play? I mean, um, I get, I, it's always hard with Embiid because, like, I mean, yeah, I think he can miss 20 games and they can go over, but I mean, if he misses no, 30. I kind of think generally Daryl Morey wins these trades, right? He doesn't necessarily, like, I don't expect, I don't expect Daryl, like, that's, this is why I don't expect Daryl to make a trade with Golden State because he's not winning that trade, right? Well, and even, and as, like, and as I much, mean, as much as, as there much are as ways. Clutch, as much as Clutch is trying to tamper with the processing, like they with Anthony Davis, there's no, like, Vincent is on a four year deal. I think Daryl's like perfectly willing to just hold on the table until he gets the proper deal, right? So, functionally at this point, yeah, I think if a trade's gonna happen, it's gonna be better or he's gonna happen. I don't think he's, I think he's gone, but I think like, we're gonna be surprised at who they end up getting, right? Um, so even if you remove Simmons for like, you know, 75 cents on the dollar, right? And maybe some roster stuff. Um, then, you know, they go from being what? A, you know, right now they're, it's a pretty significant hole in the rotation, right? But. Well, no, but, many, but it, yeah, maybe they go from like a 57 make? win team to like a 54, 53. Because you're not mm-hmm. replacing him with nothing. You're replacing him with a guy who can play just not as well. It depends on who they, I mean, it's about who you're getting. I think it's a, you are getting a significant discount at this price, right? Um, but I understand the reasons why they're getting, like, if they, you know, it's like setting a future long basically. I still think they're better than this number. Uh, I would, I would play it. I'm going to fade it. I just, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit queasy. Nope, I'm going to play it. Fine. I think they're good. Overplay. One interesting bit is that, like, uh, like, uh, Doc Rivers is the worst coach of beating overs in the entire, like, league. <laughs> 
He's absolutely the worst coach. Like somebody, somebody ran it. Uh, I, I can tell you what it was. Uh, so Owen Phillips, uh, one of the guys on our chat, basically ran this. And Doc Rivers over the last 16 season has gone five. This team has gone five eleven against Steel Brock, right? So maybe I'm gonna fade it. Um, now, uh, shit. I think I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade. It. I think I'm gonna fade it. And because the uncertainty, because oh Rivers, wait, um, what is their what is their division odds? What are their division odds? Uh, plus 350. Ooh. Okay, so I would rather bet their division odds. Yeah, because let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's fade. Yeah, let's fade it. And let's just play their division odds. I agree. And then play. what's what's their, what are their uh, making the NBA Finals, like winning the conference? Yeah, I don't like those, but we would both rather play Sixers. No, that that's a better like that is basically that that three fifty is making me is is that extra big is making me feel much better <laughs> because getting even money versus getting three and a half money is three and a half money is much better. Um, uh, the conference is nine hundred and Oof. finals is eight hundred. I don't. Again, I, the problem is I, I think both the Nets and the Bucks take on the series. Rock, I'm not. I'm not betting on Rock Divers to win playoffs. It, it's it's hard. Uh, not only the coaching element it's of it. Like, I don't. I don't love. Don't do I don't love. Nope. I don't love Budenholzer in a playoff series. But they, nobody's ever. Nobody. No coach ever has done less with more than Doc Rivers. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that. I mean, if Embiid is just the best player on the planet, maybe it works, but generally speaking, best player on the planet who's a big man, it's just harder to make it work. Um, and I don't think they're like, is there a conceptual Simmons trade that, a conceptual Simmons trade that is, they, makes them better? Like, I don't know, like, it, maybe theoretically it's, it involves, they add a bunch of stuff and get lowered, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Especially now with, with Simmons trying to push, trying to push them early, like, I don't think Lillard's on the block right now, I don't think Bradley Beal is particularly Particularly on the block, though I think that's a trade the Wizards should consider, just because I mean Simmons is a talented player, and even though he's imperfect, like yeah, okay. Beal is interesting because if you had Beal, then you probably need to get another guard that can defend. Yeah, you do, but I mean that you can find that if that's if that's what you need, yeah. like Beal, Beal. I, like, I think we both rather would play six foot three fifty. Would you? What do you think about Embiid for MVP? Uh, so the line there is um, MB. So it's it's ten to one. I'd say maybe a small bet on it. The problem is you're basically just betting on health. Like I mean, he was my permanent MVP last year, though a couple of guys that are serious considerations were unhealthy. Um, uh, then he's okay with. I'm okay with it. It's, I don't think it's it's not great. It's fine. Yeah, both of those are better. Like the ball with the over. Like I understand why the over under is there, but here's the thing: could they win? I know I don't think they can win the division fifty two games. So it basically they win the division. But like, but again, the added margin, right? So I'm at three to three and a half to one. I'm basically making a similar bet. I'm basically at, at three to one, three to five to one. I'm probably making it. I'm making a bet at them winning like fifty six games. Yeah, and I'm getting so I'm I'm basically saying that they get a good trade. And I said fifty six game because that means that like Brooklyn is basically have like Brooklyn has some. Injury issues and rest guy needs to rest guys, right? So they don't have 100. Like if Brooklyn is 100 health, Brooklyn's winning. But but Brooklyn at 100 health with those three players uh, is maybe like a 10, percent right? Yeah. Um, although I do like the Paul Millsap today, and it looks like uh, they might get Lamarcus Aldridge too. Right? Which, again, this is this, these are marginal moves. It's, fun- really. it's functional depth, but functional depth matters. Yeah, functional depth in the season is going to matter. This is going to matter yeah. this particular season. Um, so let's let's go to the Bucks. The defending NBA champions do not have the highest over under in the East, but though it's pretty dang close. The Bucks last year, um, they had the differential of a 54-win team. They went 46-26. and 26. They actually underperformed their differential. That's why they were 46-26. and 
2026. Um, part of that was, um, in, in, oh, I guess this is an indifferential. They, um, I, I mentioned I was going to bring this up. They had the second highest, meaning in a way bad defensively opponent shooting percentage last year, which is in, from three, which is interesting. Like they give up a ton of threes and opponents made them in the regular season, less so in the postseason. So Vegas set the line at a pretty similar number. Uh, 50. I think, I think, I think because of the offseason, again, we're well, talking about pressing up. Like in the, in the postseason, they can basically, uh, mug people three point line. Also true. And that, um, yeah, it doesn't and, get cold. So basically like if you're already kind of, you can basically like bump contact yeah. on all these like threes and they're not going to get foul calls. And, and so the line here is 55. Um, basically they, it's, if you, if you want to go over, it's 55 and up. And if you want to go under, it's 55 and lower. Um, I think this is an incredibly well set line. Not only, I think the Bucks, you know, if they were pushing as hard as they can, I think that they absolutely could get over this. They're a, they're a really good team and forgetting, if you, if you, if you were going to forget, they won 56 games in a shortened season two years ago. So like the pathway for them to win more than 55, like that's a high number, but it is a doable number. They want 60. They're going to the care. They, they're going to they're care, they care but they're also shallower. They want, they, they, they want the better seed. Than, but than the here's, here's the thing for me. And I think this is after winning a championship. And, you know, I've been geographically close to a few teams that have won it in the last couple of years. Is that I think they want it, but I also think that they're not going to, they're not going to push in terms of minutes per game necessarily. I think they'll, I think they might tone it a little bit down. So I think this is a, I, give me an idea. The projection is with them not pushing minutes right now. Okay. So, so the, projection, the projection basically has Giannis playing 33 minutes a night. I'm, I will say this. And I am, 10 games. I am definitely a fade here. I think that it's a really well set line. I think that there are a lot of, there are a lot of good teams in the league. I think that, you know, going back to a little bit more balanced schedule will help the Bucks because it helps better teams. But I mean, Giannis played 33 minutes a game last year. So it's not like that's a crazy, I mean, that Boonholzer generally likes to do that. Um, I'm going to go over play because I do think that they care about the Lindsay. They care about they care about like home court against the the, the debts. I do I'm think, gonna I think the, I think the number the magic number is gonna be fifty five fifty six for home court and I think that's. You know, having it be 54 and a half makes me kind of think that they're, yeah, they're going to care. I, I'm going to go over fade. Um, I mean, Giannis missed some time last year. He also missed, he missed about 10 games, 9, 10 in the last couple of years. And then when the, the season when, um, I guess that was the second of his MVP years, he also missed 10. So if we assume that's a relatively decent proxy for where things are going to go, um, for, for where things are for Giannis. And I mean, he's, he's incredible. Um, I, I think that they, you know, I, I said this last time, I think their defense is better than the numbers on it looked last year when they were 10th. I think they're better than that. I think the offense will be probably around in line with that uh, with where they were last year. Um, MVP odds, Giannis is at eight eight and a half to one. I think that's a pretty good number. I think that's about like you know I, I think his chances of winning MVP are ten to fifteen percent so that's probably about right. And half is a good number. For it's him. a good I number. Um, this is such a weird MVP year. Um, and there won't be as much fatigue. And he was the best player in the playoffs last year. So maybe there's like the oh well like, like it's it's weird because he won two MVPs before that, but he didn't win last year. And I think there can be some recency in that. And so it's like I, I don't think there will be fatigue on it. I think I think his MVP odds are good. I think the the conference odds of four twenty. I think the finals, the championship plus 900 is is one of the, is probably the best value for, for the championship. I think because I I disagree. Um, and the reason why is because I think the, um, like, not only, they, they did get a little bit fortunate in terms of injuries, but also, like, they didn't run into teams that challenged Budenholzer in the way that other teams will. Like, you know, if, if we're closer to full strength with some of these top teams in the East next year and the West in the finals, like, I don't think, I don't think they're winning the title. I think they're like the... No, so I spent a lot of time on this, and, like, Bud, let's give him credit. He figured out the 
rotations. Uh, Giannis didn't really play. I mean, he figured out the rotations in part because they just didn't play teams that were whole. Like, I mean, think about how long it took them to figure things out against the Hawks. Yeah, but once they once they figured out the rotations and started going with Giannis like 40, 45 minutes uh, and Drew and Middleton, once he figured that out, they were crushing teams left and right. And that's kind of, so the assumption for me is one, they've already been there and two, they know what they need to do to win. So to me, functionally, it's down to whoever wins the Bucks in that series. Whoever wins the Bucks in that series should basically be like even like like whoever comes out of the East should be they'll have an over fifty percent chance of winning. I agree. They should be an eighty percent favor in the final. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but they should. Be I, I would. There isn't a team. There isn't a team. There isn't a team in the West that can handle them. There isn't a team. Like none of the teams in the West. Like, and I'm basically the other way. But I don't think any of the teams in the West can hang with the Bucks or the Nets in the finals. If both if any of those teams are healthy. They, they can't handle it, right? They don't have the, they don't have the talent. And maybe one of them makes the leap, but right now I don't believe that's the case, right? Because Denver isn't whole. I don't think the Suns are going to be, aren't going to be, like, some of the guys are improving, some of the guys are getting worse, so maybe if the, one of the guys improves enough, maybe you get there, but like, the Nets and the Bucks were playing on a different levels. And the Nets, like, the Bucks were better than everybody else, but I think the Nets were probably better than the Bucks if they hadn't got hurt, right? Which is kind of kind of considered because, like, the Bucks laid out a, laid, laid out a pasting against a team that really did look like the best team in the West. And to me, I mean, I would, the worst I would make the odds for the Bucks to win the titles are like 30%. And, uh, like, really 30%. Wow. Of that, 30% okay, so you're up more optimistic than I am. I'm, I'm like 30%, I'm, th- I'm like 30% to the Bucks, 30% to the Nets, maybe 5% to the Sixers, and then 45% to the field. I, I will, I will, well, actually, we're gonna, we're about to go there. I'll say my net stuff in a second. So I'm gonna say, like, so you like, you like Giannis to win the MVP, like, you like it. It's fine. I, mean, I, I wouldn't say it's an amazing bet, but it's a reasonable one. I, I love, uh, the Bucks at, at, at 9 to 1 to win that. I okay. just, I think, I, I think that's just a, historically the defending champion at 9 to 1, uh, and the team this young is basically bring everybody back. Yeah, it's sort of like that's 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 a great bet. Well, I would say the Bucks are more less old than young. I mean, Giannis. Let's let, let me let me run through let me run through their basketball reference ages for the coming season. So Giannis, this will be his age twenty seven. Middleton thirty. Drew thirty one. Brook Lopez thirty three. Divincenzo twenty five, and we'll see how healthy he is. Connaughton twenty nine. Like they lost PG Tucker. Um. So it's. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit more pessimistic on the, uh, but not dramatically. So let, let's get though to the Brooklyn Nets. So Giannis, at, you said Giannis at what? Is it ten and a half to one? Um, no, it's it's eight and a half to one, which is why if it was ten to one, I would be more enthusiastic. Eight and a half to one, Danny, and I, I, I love their. It's nine to one for for the title. It's just, just nine to one, uh, nine to one to win Just love. It. It's, it, it's probably my favorite. It's my favorite. It, like I say, it's my favorite title on the board. I mean, I, I'm fairly confident after I saw from Janice, they're going to win. They're going to hang another banner. Like, I, I, I feel confident they're going to hang at least one more. And they're, I mean, again, I just think that whoever wins it, whatever, I think it's going to come down to the Nets and Bucks again, and whoever wins that series is going to win the title. And maybe I'll change my mind during the season, but I don't see it from the field at this point. Like Luca doesn't have enough, 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 enough things around him. Uh, Phoenix has weaknesses, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, Kawhi's missing. 
but let's go to the Nets. Let's go to the Nets. And so, I mean, don't necessarily need to delve too much into last year because they had you basically never had the big three together. But even then, they still had the differential of a 55-win team. Um, they went 48-24 overall. Um, they were very close to winning the series against the Bucks and, and overall making it despite Harden being very limited, Kyrie being out. Um, Vegas is optimistic. That's why they're the best, the best, the highest over under in the entire East. Uh, it's 55 and a half either way. So that means 56 and over if you want to go over and 55 and under if you want to go under. I really like the Nets. I think that they are a phenomenally talented team. I think that they have potentially one of the best offenses of all time and their defense is good enough. I am an overplay. Yeah, I think we're both on, I think we're both on overplay. Uh, I think, I, you know, they, they, they keep adding these pieces to the edges of the rotation. Just added Paul Millsap today. And, uh, I mean, that's a significant add in the sense of, like, you know, Millsap's not going to play, you know, 40 minutes a night, but he, he's going to play 20 minutes on the edges. And that's, like, 20 minutes, 20 quality minutes on the edges. Yeah. And they keep adding kind of, like, these pieces. And I add, like, just, just the, the, you know, the other thing is, like, you never felt like the Nets, the Nets basically play, like, a professional basketball team every night. They did as much as humanly possible to get there. And, again, they came within, like, a toe of probably winning the fight, right? Even with... Harden out and Kyrie with one of the three. With one of the like, with like, it's 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 silly. I mean, like, if they're fully healthy, it's it's down to a fist fight between them and the Bucks. I think the difference, and I'm probably stronger on uh, on the Bucks than the uh, than you are probably. Uh, is that basically? Um, you know, I think that like this year the Bucks kind of figured out what they needed to do to get better, right? So that is the key difference for me, uh, between like last year's projection and this year's projection. Are you there, Danny? I am. Sorry, it's like I lost power for a second, so I'm like, I'm sure it comes back real quick. Um, but again, the, the trick on this is I, um, you know, it, it, it's not like I do think that both these teams, the Bucks and the Nets, are going to be better in a playoff series than they were when they met this year. Now, if the Nets are fully healthy, I'm still of the opinion that they should have the edge on the Bucks, right? And I think a lot of reason. Now, do I believe the uh, it's a high chance that the Nets are not going to be fully healthy? Yeah, probably. Probably, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm aware of, you know, I've had Kyrie on my team on the Celtics, and I'm aware that, like, you know, there are significant uh, injury concerns on this team. I do think that there's probably some of these guys won't necessarily be there. I think the, the, the Bucks are probably a little bit more robust. And so uh, I would probably say that um, it's a slight edge to them, right? So when I uh, this is what I was saying like before that I think it's kind of like thirty thirty between these two teams, uh, and then like maybe five for the for the for the for the Sixers, and then the, the you know thirty five for the Phoenix. So I do think that like if you give me the Bucks and the Nets, I expect one of these two teams to win the title. And I do think both of them will care about home court because the margin between these two teams is very very tight, right? So both these teams both these teams would rather play four games at home. Seven game series against each other. Right? I don't think they care about anybody else, right? Well, and here, here's the other thing for me with the Nets: it's like I don't think they need to be healthy, fully healthy, to win 55 games. Like I, I just don't. I, I think they no, can. We, we know they don't need to be fully healthy to win. Yeah, and so we know this from last year. We, we they don't need. Well, to be and so he, okay. So there's a couple other interesting numbers for for Brooklyn. Um, so Durant for MVP is seven and a half to one. I don't love that because I mean I think Durant's incredible, but because he. If they're healthy, the credit there's will go the, multiple many, ways. There's too many, there's too many mouths to feed. Yeah, like Harden being 25 to 1, I think is actually probably too low. I wouldn't, I, I don't, I mean, in two weeks, I think that he has a better chance, but I'm not, like, he's not in my top five MVP candidates this year just because he's also splitting the vote and everything else. 
for me, so then the other really interesting one based on what you have is so Brooklyn, it's 1.1 to 1, oh, what, bet, bet 100 to win 110 for them to win the conference. And then it's 20, it's 2.6 to 1 for yeah, them to win the, the title. Final, the final split is better. The, and the so like to me, the Bucks and, and are the, better than a, a 50% there's a, there's chance. A reason, there's a reason why those final bets are better. It's because there's a, there's a public team sitting on the other side. Yes. And so Everybody, for me, so for me, I would say I like the, I, this is how much more I like the Nets than the Bucks. I like the Nets title odds better than the Bucks, even though it's basically three times, three times the size. Like I, that's how much I believe in Brooke. I, yeah, we I both like, we both like, we both like Nets plus two six. Yeah. I really, I, I just, really like Nets I, plus two six. I just said, I would, I, I think that these, both these teams are better than 60% to win the title. So if I'm sitting at plus 900. If, if they make, if they make 60, the finals, yeah. No, I, I think that they, no, I think that they're 60% from now to win, like the odds are, well, you can't you can't have two you can't have two teams that are sixty percent to win the title because then no, no, I think the, the, the both these teams together. Like, oh, I think it's I think it's I think it's over seventy. I, I right I, right. So and I'm saying if I, if I this is what I think, then me sitting there with action at two sixty and at nine hundred means that basically I'm making money, right? Yeah, that's that's another way to think about. It. Sure. And this is when you're taking these future bets, you're essence, you're essence taking almost a portfolio and saying like, okay, what action do I want to be sitting on? And here's the reason why. And because I'm sitting at at Nets and Bucks, because I think that at those odds, both these bets are winning money against the field, right? Yeah. This is my thought on that. I think both of these are mispriced. And again, the reason for that is because there's a public team on the other side, which we'll talk about when we talk about the West. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you want us to mention about the East before we go? No, I I think we're pretty well settled on the East. I think it's going to be a real, I think it's going to be a more fun conference this year than it's been a while. I think it's going to be really interesting. It's, Um, It's the first time in a very long time where arguably the three best teams in the league play in the East. Yeah, or, and, I mean, even just like through the middle of the playoffs and like, I think the Pacers, Hawks and Celtics are all, and Heat are all good teams. Like, the, the, there's balance in it now. I think the bottom of the playoff picture is actually a little bit overrated, mostly because I think the Bulls are not as strong. The, the Knicks, I, I think are totally fine. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And I think that some of that is people forgetting how good the West is, but we'll get into that later. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure to be on. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for taking the time to come on. He is the CTO of Sports Grid Data Science. You can also follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. Love having him on. And he's going to be on really soon because we already recorded the West overrunners. That will be, I think I'll release that early next week. I want to give each of them time to breathe. I also have to do all the timestamps and all the editing, so that's going to take some time. But love having him on, and actually, I'm ahead of the game for a deliberate reason. I'm getting, I, I think some of you know, I'm getting married and going on my honeymoon late in the off season, so I'm pre-recording a lot of the other division podcasts. I already have one in the can, and then I'm hoping to do everything before I leave, so I don't have to do anything when I'm gone, which would be great. Uh, so those will be coming out. That does mean they'll be a little bit less time sensitive, but I mean, most of the big stuff, other than potentially a Ben Simmons trade, is already done, and the Atlantic already handled with Jared Weiss and Jared Dubin, so you can listen to that. It's a little bit imperfect, but it's the best that I can do. And if you want to support the show, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You can subscribe, download every episode. That's great for Real GM Radio because it's never going to come out on a specific day of the week. I I don't have the capacity to do that. Um, It's my schedule, guest schedule, and everything else. And whatever podcast player you're using, that that helps Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. You can also help other people find the show, whether that's leaving a rating and a review in the podcast player you're choosing, or word of mouth saying, hey, this episode's really great, whether it's on social media or in person to one of your friends or text chain or whatever, be safe. Um, all that is is much appreciated. You can also check out my other work, 
Nate and I are still doing Dunked On. We did the massive, I believe all of the episodes now, maybe all but one of our Summer League review are out now. Lots of great substance there. And then we'll have other stuff throughout the offseason. And then he'll also do those team-by-team previews with people that aren't me. And um, and that'll be a lot of fun too. So you can check all that out, Dunked On Prime. And then we do still one free episode a week for Dunked On as the public episode. And then my writing is at The Athletic, working on a couple different projects. Hopefully we'll be out in the nearest term. We'll see if those can come out. So lots of different stuff coming on. And if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is a promise. I do not promise to respond. I try to. I admit that I'm not the greatest at it, but I try to. Um, but I do read it. That's very important to me. I don't want you to waste your time. And I consider it, you know, it's helped me find new guests. It's helped me at change things about the show. I really do appreciate all of that stuff. And I think that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.